1: all right, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Craig alongside, as always, the King of Banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how's it going? Cheerio! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't play the. Uh, you wanted the. The uh, I'm waving the Union Jack though, so I don't. Nobody can see it, but I'm waving it for you. Uh, the British Bulldogs theme is obviously playing in the back because our producer is going to put that in uh, in post production. man. you know, yeah, that that's are That's it. This is your last Voice Wrestling Podcast, correct? You are now a official member of the Brit round uh, Roundtable.
0: Crikey!
1: Here. Here on the Voices Wrestling Podcast Network, yeah, fake that. You know, you can finally do your fake taxi. You can do all that that stuff you've always wanted to do.
0: Isn't Crikey Australian? That's not even.
1: Niche. I believe, yeah, but you know, that it's kind of the right. It's almost it the all same. sounds I mean, the same to me. Well, not, I mean, they came from England. You know, they're all the convicts or whatnot. So it's it's basically the same, right?
0: Listen, all I know is I'm wrapped in a Union Jack right now as I record this. <laughs> I'm all in on this British wrestling. I've been diving deep. I did the uh, the What Culture Pro Wrestling today. I binge watched it all day. Terrible day for that since they had a horrendous eye paper. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: going to say, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that for uh, the day of what of, of culture. But yeah, we got all excited earlier. Uh, and you, you were tweeting it out and I was like, oh yeah, they have their review coming up. So I, uh, I went out to Robin Reed who, who kind of handles a lot of our European stuff and I said, Hey, do we have somebody covering this? And he goes, okay, I, I found somebody they're going to do it. And I went, all right, cool. And he says, oh, it starts in like 15 minutes. I'm like, all right, cool. I didn't know. Like kind of came out of nowhere. There wasn't much buzz, but okay, we're good. And then like nothing but a horror story since then. So I feel very tar- uh, terrible for Arnold who, uh, volunteered to do it and then had nothing but issues, but I think he had fun with it. Uh, but yeah, not a, not a banner day for uh, what culture pro wrestling, but.
0: No so we're not going to have the review up obviously right because it was unwatched
1: uh, I don't think he could yeah I think he he was like tweeting out the GIFs of what he was seeing on his screen and it was like if it worked it would be like 2 seconds and then that 2 seconds would repeat like 300 times and then like it would go down and then like it would go up it was just it was a nightmare so yeah he uh, will not have the review quite yet so
0: Their YouTube page is great
1: The YouTube page is very good. Yeah, I discovered it uh, not that long ago, and uh, was actually surprised at, at how much they have. And that's that's something you kind of alluded to a little bit last week. And something you know, I wasn't on the show last week. But I listen in and, and, and I'm right with you on that. And, and uh, in terms of like European promotions and what they've been able to do and how they're just they're harnessing the new technology way better than, than American promotions do. And that's not every American promotion. Like here in Chicago, I'm lucky I have AEW and Freelance, who I think both do a very good job of high production value. Their stuff looks good. The wrestlers tend to look pretty good. You know, the, the, everything's, everything looks pretty solid for those two. But there are other indies and, and they're ones that I even enjoy that don't look as good. I mean, even, even to an extent, an Evolve or WWE and Live. Like they, yes, they're leaps and bounds better than they were a few years ago, but are still not quite there. But you look at those YouTube pages, and you look at you know free content that looks great, that's nice and searchable, that that just that hooks you in. If this is if you just stumbled upon. Whatever I, I watched that Will Os- the one you talked about the Will Osprey uh, uh, Martin Kirby match or whatever if you just stumbled into that you would obviously want to watch more of that company right like that that wouldn't be it you wouldn't go oh well that that's all I need to see like it made you seem like oh that's a cool atmosphere everything sounded good everything looked cool the wrestling was fun like you'd want to get in there and and that's that's one thing that I think they've really done well is the YouTube pages and then um, you alluded to it a little bit but social media as well I think you know somebody who does that for their their full time job it's just it, I, and I've complained with I, I've talked with guys who you, you know run or work with American promotions and i go man like i like your promotion i like this but your guys social media is terrible you like you don't do anything with it it just kind of sits there you, it's got no love it's got no character your graphics look like crap and and like just to be honest with them and a lot of them will go yeah but you know there's not the resources or whatever and it's like well you know sorry <laughs> like if you want to be big league and if you want to be major you got to do that sort of stuff and i think european promotions what culture um does a great job of that progress does a fan I, progress is social media is incredible they are The standard bearers of it I I love everything about that promotion from the branding the way the shows look the way the shows are lit the way the shows are filmed uh the the the, as you said I think last week you were talking about the ring gear that they wear um the way just everything everything that's done it's just a professional looking product and it makes you want to watch it more so so hats off to them for sure
0: major league I, I I I appreciate a major league feel when I'm watching my wrestling and uh that's the feel I get from all of these European promotions, every time I give them a shot, and it does make me come back. It does make me want more. It makes me want to spend money on their streaming services. Uh, again, the disaster today, notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but again, yeah. now what culture? Now look, we you know they're they're big evil corporate wrestling, right? I mean, you know they've got the big money behind them, and, and they've got um, you know so they're a little different than something like Progress, which which started from the ground up or a Rev Pro, or an OTT, or anything like that. And and I know there's
1: a lot of... WXW is I, another yeah, one that we should mention as for well. For
0: sure. They just had a, a bunch of big cards. And and, and again, a great-looking set with a great-looking venue and, and great-looking production.
1: Their English commentator is garbage, though. I don't know who that guy is, but he's trash. Well, a a so. total
0: bum. I mean, yeah, you know, just
1: a complete just, zero. I hate. Yeah, just just it offers nothing to the broadcast. Absolutely like, no enthusiasm. Yeah, no enthusiasm for the thing he's watching. It's like he's at gunpoint, sitting there watching these shows. I mean, that guy's a bum. I don't know what his name now is. You, but he's you just,
0: just blew the bit because if there's one thing you could never <laughs> rip Alan on is enthusiasm. I mean, geez, that just that you just we just sent the bit spiraling down the toilet because there's no That's way fine. you can rip them for that. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, of course our good pal, Alan does the English commentary for WXW,
1: but the problem is uh, someone's going to pause it like a minute into that you know, while we're still bad mouthing Someone's going to pause it and be like, Oh, these guys were talking shit about you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I can't wait for that. Like that. Oh, just listen to the whole thing. Like, like get, you'll, you'll see. We know we're joking. But who knows anyway. if he'll
0: get the message. I don't know if he's still farting around in that castle. I don't.
1: <laughs> he's rowing well, uh, his boat in a river, like a Swiss. He's in like Switzerland doing like river rafting or something. Whatever the hell he's doing. Yeah, that's just a what an enigma that Alan is.
0: But yeah, these European promotions, man. I mean, you know, I, I said enough about it last week. But the the wrestling is great. The production is great, and uh, it makes you want to come back for more. And and you know, it, it's it's all the talent. There's a lot of talent coming out of there too. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that's the big thing too. You know, when you see the North American <laughs> promotions farming the European promotions for their drawing talent now too. I mean, look no further than, than what we saw at Bola this year, which was basically, basically a British invasion, uh, with a British champion. Um, so, and, and, you know, it's, uh, a lot of impressive stuff going on there. And, uh, I, I'll be completely honest. I mean, I know you mentioned a couple of the Chicago promotions, uh, that, that you enjoy locally and whatnot. And, and I've been following AAW very closely too. I still have never seen a freelance show, so I cannot comment on it, but, When I, you know, have time to watch indie wrestling now these days, I find myself turning to European promotions almost exclusively at this point. And um, it's just, and it's not that I'm that I'm trying to bash North American. Look, I like North American. There's plenty that I that I keep an eye on and follow, especially locally here. But it's just, it's it's more of a warning. I mean, they're they're going to have to keep up, or they're going to fall behind. I, I think an important point is that this really is a global market, Rich. Uh, you know, do you agree with that point that um, you're competing for dollars worldwide now, not just locally? Sure. Because everyone streams; everyone has streaming services or iPay per views, and and nobody can afford to pay for everything. And you know, when it comes down to plunking down those dollars, there's going to be people like me who look at production values and 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 uh, and and the, and the quality of of uh, of the camera work and the production and what the ring looks like. And and those things are going to make the difference because at the end of the day, everyone's really using the same pool of talent
1: yeah and and one thing to to kind of your point as well and then we'll get to the topics that we definitely had to talk about uh this week but i think one of the things is that you know you talk about it being a global thing like if you wanted to joe if you if you decided you know what from here on out the only promotion i'm gonna follow i'm gonna follow progress and rev pro i mean you can do that there's nothing in stopping you at all like there could be an indie that runs a, a block away from you but if you don't like what they do and you like what progress does even though they're halfway across the world Nothing is stopping you from watching every progress show. You know what I mean? Like that's the difference that we live in. It's it's not like the convenience now of like, well, this promotion runs in my town, so I you know I kind of have to like them. Like you don't have to like anything. Like you can watch whatever you want now. You have any choice you can make. And if you put up, you know, local, you know, I'm, I'm not you know picking on any particular one, but if there say is an indie down the block from you that maybe books decent talent, maybe books you know some guys, but they their production value looks like crap. Their cameras are, are blurry and and their mics sound horrible and the characters you know you don't you don't get any good feel for it and then you have progress which we mentioned is a super polished product and you go well you know what hey like maybe progress costs like a two dollars more but i'd rather give them my money i'd rather follow them there is nothing stopping you from following that promotion every single day that you want to and that's that's a huge difference 2016 like people have to realize uh, promotions like it's not just that hey you know it's not only that I'm in your backyard like it's not the regional thing anymore that is yeah it works for you know live attendance and stuff but in terms of now if you want those dollars you want those streaming dollars you want those youtube clicks you want that you know that sort of following nothing is stopping anybody from watching whatever they're wrestling they want around the world if i want to be invested in a german wrestling promotion I have it at my disposal whenever I want it in English. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, like, what you can do. I mean, we, we we talk about it with Japan. I mean, that's open this whole avenue up where you don't have to trade. You don't have to do this stuff. I can just follow New Japan. I can follow all Japan. I can follow whatever I want now without any problem. And I think, it, 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 again, it, it proves that, you know, if you want those eyes, if you want that attention, you, you got to step it up. You got to do what other people are doing. You got to continue to evolve and, and change.
0: If I want to watch Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay and Mark Haskins and all these guys – why am I going to buy a PWG DVD that's going to not get to my door for six to eight to twelve to sixteen weeks?
1: Hey, they're shipping out this Friday, bud. So
0: okay, when I can, you know, the Progress Show is is there? What in two days?
1: Yeah, I think uh, WXW had a, had like a one day turnaround this one past week. One day turnaround. Uh, Rev, Rev Pro is great about that too. Uh, that that day or the next day um, being up there and, and Progress the same way.
0: You know, I could turn around. I could put on that that uh, that What Culture YouTube channel. They got a show up there from two weeks ago. I mean, you know, it's it's. It, I don't. I, you know, why would I? Why would I buy the? Why would I use the archaic model with, with with lesser quality? I get the same talent with better quality, faster. So you know, North America is playing catch up now. They got. And where was the European scene, Rich? Five years ago. I was going to say, you know,
1: I thought you were going to say 10 and I was going to say, no, five years ago, it didn't exist. Right. That's what I mean.
0: You know, five years ago, where was it? And they blew right past. North America had a head start. It's like they're in quicksand. I feel like some of these shows I watch, it's no different than the shows I was watching 15 years ago, production wise. It's just the talent is different. So, yeah. Well, you know. What are you gonna do? You know, it's it's they got it. <laughs> now
1: you're in trouble again. Gotta, you're in trouble. Oh no, I don't. I didn't get in as much trouble as. I thought. No, actually, I thought everybody was pretty, pretty, pretty I, well. Um, I'm just pretty grounded there, man. and I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, it's really hard to deny it when you see those two things. And like, you can argue the, the in-ring quality and all that sort of stuff, but like you're saying, like that's a big part for you. The production, and, and I'm right with you, of course, as somebody who does video production and social media or whatever, that matters to me. How you know your ring looks, how your ring's lit, that stuff, it really matters to me. It, it always, the aesthetics, always matter to me. Uh, in pro wrestling. So it's always been a thing that, that you know, yeah, I understand that maybe, you know, the X is like a great wrestling match that's shot on, you know, a, a handy cam in the, in the 12th row or whatever. And it's shaking the entire but time. Here's the thing too rich, but you, yeah, they're get,
0: you're getting great matches in Europe. Too.
1: That's the thing too. Yeah, exactly. It's not just like it's slick production value and then it's garbage. It's like all, it's, it's all it's, major it's good stuff too. big
0: talent. And it's, right. and, and, and you know, the proof is that they're bringing them here. You know, you could almost maybe make the argument. It's better wrestling over there. Match for match, pound for pound. I mean, you know, it's, it's, that's just me being honest. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a warning call to North America. But,
1: uh, Absolutely. But we have uh, plenty to talk about uh, before we get to that, Joe. You know who knows quality? Dollar Shave Club. They know quality. There's no
0: question about that. And you don't need to choose between price and quality to get an amazing, affordable shave with Dollar Shave Club. DollarShaveClub.com is the answer. To prove how amazing their shave really is, right now they're giving you the first month free to join the club. That's right. The first month is free. Here's your chance to see why over 3 million members, like me, like secretly sassy Rich Mm Crage, why we love Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is so confident in the quality of all their products that you can get the first month for free. All you pay is the shipping. That's just a couple bucks. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. No long-term commitment, no contracts, no hidden fees. There's no no reason not to do it. So get your Dollar Shave Club. Here's what you do. You go to dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash voices first month for free. Rich, total nonstop action. There's a lot to talk about in that company right now. Bound for Glory was this week. There was a lot of drama. There's still a lot of drama.
1: <laughs> yeah, we still don't know really. So we we'll, we're. you want to? We're going to review Bound for Glory first, and then you want to talk about whatever the hell is going on in terms of the sale. I think that's probably the best way to do it.
0: Well, the fact of the matter is, I mean, there was there was a, 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 a very much the possibility that Bound for Glory wasn't even going to take place, and they were saved. Literally at the eleventh hour. Once, yeah, yeah, I was
1: trying to remember when you did your show. Was it still like it was eh, up in the air, Yeah, because you did it Thursday, right? Or a Thursday during a Thursday night, right? That's right. And and if I remember correctly, it was still like eh, like I don't know. Like we had Garrett Kidney in Orlando. Like I don't know. Like, it, I hope like I'm here. But... It was 72
0: hours, according <laughs> okay. to Dave. So right around when I was recording is when they got the money from the mystery investor, Garrett Kidney. Um, Garrett, by the way, as we record this, is still in Orlando. He's trapped, trapped in his hotel room. He can't fly home. The tapings have been backed up a couple of days. I don't know when he's gonna be able to leave, but there's a hurricane coming. And Garrett is in Orlando. Now, look, I don't know if they're in the direct path of the thing. Where is Orlando on the map? Is it right
1: there on the coast? Uh, no, they're kind of in the middle of the state. I don't think they're in the direct line of the hurricane, but I think that's something that's like, you know, it's going to rain a bunch and the flights aren't going out, that sort of stuff. I think because I have a buddy who's actually there, so I told uh, I told Garrett to go find my friend and my friend to go find Garrett because that would be a fun little game, you know, to waste their time out there. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, he said it's not like awful, awful, but it, like it, there's really bad storms and stuff going on. Like they're not in the direct line. But they're like, not, I they're not
0: evacuating they Orlando.
1: They don't need to evacuate, yeah, but they just kind of have to stay in their hotel. Like there's nothing you can do. Like the rides aren't going to be open. Nothing's open. Universal Studios and they can't fly out but they can't you, you know they don't have to evacuate and go to Atlanta or something like that you know they can stay there um but, yeah, it's it's, it's it's not good one way or another.
0: Yeah, so about 72 hours before the show, they got their money from their mystery investor. That's all still being sorted out. Who exactly uh, ponied up the cash to save TNA? I like, I like
1: this mystery investor angle. I hope this is a <laughs> wrestling angle. You it's know, you kind
0: of wish it was a wrestling angle at this point, <laughs> but this is real life. And this happens to TNA every fucking time they have to, to tape TV or run a show now. Their backs are up against this financial wall, and you know it, it's it's getting to the point where now the ownership is split in so many directions. You've got Dixie Carter clinging to her majority uh, of this thing with her death grip. Billy Corrigan owns a piece of the company. Arrow Lux owns a piece of the company. Whoever this mystery investor was now owns a piece of the company. I mean, this thing is just it's just getting they're getting deeper and deeper into this this hole of just this mess of 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 all of these various investors the rumors of WWE uh being interested in the tape library which makes a ton of sense from their end i could totally see why they would want that um you know it's it's tna may have to sell that to them at some point to to keep the, themselves sustained which you know may not be you know on the surface that sounds like a terrible idea but if if if, if, if they sell their tape library to WWE and, and, and let's say Billy Corgan takes control of the company and he changes all of the branding and everything, I don't think it's as big a deal as people might think.
1: No, I think that's a great deal, honestly, for, for them because we look at where, where the position they're in right now. And the position that TNA is in and the position that that company is in and will be in regardless of if they get enough money to fund this group of tapings. And then the next – I mean, like, you're just doing the same thing over and over. Like you said, every single time they tape, we're going through this exact same thing. To me, that's – it's a big asset you can get rid of. Uh, You can get some money for it. And then, yeah, you can go from there and then use that money for a bunch of other things because you're not doing anything with that library. It's not like it's really an asset to you because people keep having this idea. And they're not wrong that the TNA library is an asset but it's much more of an asset for WWE than it is for TNA. You know what I mean? Like TNA has that. That's great. That's fun and, and good, but they have no infrastructure to do anything with it. So it's not really an asset for them in the same sense that yeah you sell it off and then you know the asset for TNA and, and really what Billy Corgan wants it for is you got those TV markets you got those TV deals in a bunch of different markets that's why they have to have these tapings so they can't skip these things that's the asset right now that's the thing that you have that you're ready to really pounce on and really use is is those those TV slots or whatever so if he can yeah find a way to sort of rebrand it and keep all those slots and do all that sort of stuff then absolutely they can go ahead for a little bit more he has a little bit more capital then he can kind of run it in his own mind or whatever but yeah the idea that, that, that it's such a horrible deal for them to go. That tape library, yeah, in a vacuum, that is a super big asset for them, but it's not really. It's the same, like, we can make the same argument for Ring of Honor. If Ring of Honor sold, you, you know, say Netflix tomorrow said, hey, can we have all of your, you know, backlog of library? It's a you – know, and Ring of Honor said, yeah, sure, take it. Like, You, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, we'll, we'll sell it for $5 million or whatever. It's a much bigger asset for somebody who has the infrastructure versus somebody who doesn't. You, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I don't get the idea that this tape library is some big deal for TNA because they have it now and they don't do anything with it's, it. So. It's
0: not ideal – to give up control of that and to sell that, but off.
1: they we're past the point of, of whatever's ideal for this company, like like you know, right? right. Like
0: I like I wouldn't you know it, it's it's not a move you'd want to make unless your back is against the wall, which is the case here. And if you're going to completely rebrand, look, it's it and 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 that can help you get there. I,
1: it's about eight years overdue for that too. So I
0: don't think it would be a total disaster to sell off that tape library. You know, they have a streaming service of some type that people don't even know about because nobody buys it.
1: It's on YouTube, I think, yes. right? They have most of their stuff up on YouTube, but uh, yeah, it, it, like they ended up, they had those Asylum years, and we had those reviews. I don't know if you remember that Garrett was doing reviews weekly of those, and all of a sudden they like stopped uploading them, and then they were like weird about uploading, and then the prices changed, and it was just again like they had it for a little while, and it's a little toy they used for a little bit, but they're just not consistent it enough. Probably with it to wasn't really do generating
0: it, enough revenue to be worth no. the effort. Is probably what it was. I mean, you know, there's nobody watches their TV. Um, so who's paying to watch who, who's out, who out there is plunking down cash for more TNA, <laughs> right. you know? So it probably be, it be, it became an issue.
1: I don't know. We, weekly pay-per-view number 13. You're not dropping, you know, four ninety nine to watch weekly pay-per-view number 19.
0: I mean, there's what a hundred and a hundred and what 80,000 people watching TV every week or something like that. I mean, how many of those people are then purchasing these shows. So it probably just wasn't worth the effort. But I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. Look, it, it's, it, it wouldn't be my first move. It, it's sort of a last resort move, but I really don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to sell the library off. Because you're right, they really don't do much with it. But uh, bottom line is someone swooped in and saved their asses again. The pay-per-view happened. The tapings are currently happening as we speak. They're on hiatus until the storm passes. So we had Bound for Glory 2016. And it was a show. I mean, to me, this pay-per-view, and we haven't really talked about it yet. I don't know what you thought about it. I actually just finished writing my review for Fighting Spirit Magazine, so this is all very fresh in my mind. But this was a show where, to me, it was a reflection of what we've been seeing on during the pop TV era, meaning it was a completely inoffensive show. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was kind of just there. There were uh, broken Matt Hardy shenanigans. There was passable action. There was a couple of really bad matches, but everything else was sort of okay and sort of decent. And to me, there was only one match worth that w- that I would call a good match, and that was the the uh, X Division opener. But the rest mm-hmm. of it completely inoffensive. Uh, they have a really weird roster. A lot of guys who are samey, especially in the Gauntlet Battle Royal. All those guys are like carbon copies of each other. Just these generic jags, one after another, entering that match. Um, and 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 it's a roster of some people who were highly motivated, and other guys who look like they'd rather be doing anything than wrestling in a ring, uh, like Aaron Rex, who looks. You know, who I guess we can dig deeper into when we get to his match. But to me, this was just. This show was a you know, if I'm grading it one to ten, it was a five. It was a show that was just there. It was inoffensive. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. There's nothing on it I ever want to watch a second time. Uh, what did you think of the show, Rich?
1: Yeah, yeah I was kind of the same way. Um, I was kind of surprised in the observer poll that it got so many thumbs down because I thought this was such a thumbs in the middle type show, and, and with TNA that you know that doesn't happen that often, where it's like so decidedly just a okay show. And that's a, I'd probably give it a six. I think in my final thoughts in my review, I said it's a good an enjoyable show that like yeah you're not gonna like you're, you won't retain anything from the show. You're never gonna bring it up ever again in your life. But there's worse ways to spend three hours. Like it was fine. It, it went by pretty quick. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. It, it was yeah. That Five six range, it was just a thumbs in the middle show. Uh, I didn't think anything was truly awful other than the uh the women's match, which we'll get to in a little bit. And then I didn't think anything was really great except for yeah, that 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 opener, the X Division opener, which I thought was really good, and then everything else it kind of settled into just a mediocre, at, at times dull, but you know, not 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 offensive. And I think that's one of the things that we get now with TNA, and like you said, the pop TV era of TNA is that the, the offensive days of oh my god, I cannot believe they did that, that's over. And now it's sort of, you know, it's dull in a sense. But it's a it, in my mind, it's kind of a good dull because it's been so many years of that that I think you need sort of that reset period. And I think that's what we're kind of getting at and what we're doing. Uh, but I thought, you know, as far as like progressing stories and, and getting stuff moving forward, I thought it was a good show for that. So I'll give it a thumbs up for that reason. But, yeah, the action was just just in the middle, just a, a, a five or a six. Like, I don't think anybody I, I don't say, I, you know, there will be people on both sides. But I think that's just kind of the consensus for most people I've heard.
0: I think a lot of the matches on this show were very well built on the TV. I thought they did a good mm-hmm, job building to these matches. But uh, again, it's just it's, – a lot of the matches are kind of just there. The opener was the X Division mm-hmm. match. DJZ defended the title against Trevor Lee. He won the match. I think he used a Canadian Destroyer and then some sort of swinging DDT for the finish. Um, ZDT. Come on. There you go. The ZDT. You know, hey, look. If it's a name of a move, you know I'm lost. <laughs>
1: so uh look this, well, that one's easy i'm not giving you that one that one even i remember yeah that,
0: that one you should remember i mean it ties right <laughs> into his name for fuck's sake but uh look this was a good trevor lee here's a guy who sometimes in tna he's one of these guys that i referred to earlier where sometimes the motivation's a little questionable i've seen him dog it straight up dog well at times that was one only. <laughs> in tna uh but here he worked hard Uh, I guess he figured, look, this is bound for glory. This is not one night only. I'm going to put in a solid effort here, and and he held up his end of this match. This was the best match on the show.
1: Yeah, I think what I really liked about this match more than anything is that it was just one on one. I mean, so often in these, especially in X division pay per view, you know, pay per views or or big time, you know, big you know impact shows, you know, whatever the, the hardcore justices, those random ones that they'll they'll throw out all the time. Whenever there's an X division, it's just a clusterfuck of like five dudes or four guys or six guys or it's ultimate acts or it's gotta be. What I loved about this, it was just one on one. Two guys that are great, great high flyers, great in ring chemistry, uh, able to slow it down when they need to, able to kind of speed it up and, and and fly when they need to. To, but there wasn't you know multi-man shenanigans they were able to both these guys were able to kind of tell this story without running into other people and running into this and doing you know topes that knock out 10 people like I just love the idea that it was just one on one because that's such a rarity in TNA that you get that especially with that title now bound for gold you still with us
0: I forgot to unmute again.
1: There you go. All right. I, I'm still here. That, but,
0: but yeah, yes. I, I completely agree because then we had the cluster fuck, which was this next match, which I thought <laughs> to me was one of the two matches on this show that were just flat out terrible. Um, this match though, I'll tell you this featured a bunch of dudes who I talked about last week when you weren't around where if TNA didn't exist, there are so many dudes and this match is a great example of a bunch of pro wrestling jobs that would not exist. I mean, because where would your Baron Daxes and your Basile Baracas and Braxton Sutter's and your Mahabali Shiraz and your Robbie E's, where would they be working in pro wrestling if not for TNA? They'd all be yeah, back ran- yeah. scraping on the indie scene or or, you know, these are not, look, these are people that
1: Global Force, maybe Global Force. Maybe they will join the Force.
0: These are people that, that <laughs> WWE has either already given up on and really isn't going to explore again when it comes to the case of guys like Baron Dax and Basile Baraka. Those guys aren't going back to WWE ever. Uh, or guys that WWE straight up was never interested in. If, look, if they wanted to sign Pepper Parks... They could have signed Pepper Parks at any point over the last decade. Same for Ring of Honor, for that matter. Okay? So, th- th- this is why it's important to me that TNA does manage to survive because you got to look at this match. It's a match full of guys. With- yeah,
1: I don't think Mahalabali sure would ever wrestle again. Like, I really honestly don't know if he would ever wrestle again in this country. So,
0: I mean, this company does provide jobs for wrestlers. So, that yeah. for, from that perspective, now this match was a pile of shit. Um, the only redeeming quality of this match was that the right guy won. I would say that Eli Drake was the right pick to win this match. If, if it wasn't Drake, then it should have been – it should have come down to Drake and someone maybe to build a feud with Drake, maybe toss him out at the end. But look, I'm not going to dig into the booking of the bound for <laughs> – the right guy won. There right. was a bunch of shitty dudes in it, um, and it was not a good match at all.
1: And Grado did the bushwhacker thing. That was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. See – we got and then got tossed out, and then that was it. But
0: yeah, I mean, a lot of people complained about that because the idea was the most <laughs> charismatic guy in the match. Last year. that's the
1: so what? But no, <laughs> that's the point. It's Credo. <laughs>
0: like, I, what? Look, I agree. That's
1: who breaks down the like. It's Credo.
0: I don't want to see him buzzsawing through this match like like a legit look. The guy he's a comedy wrestler. That was a comedy spot. I didn't have a problem with it either. And listen, can Tyrus change his Twitter handle already?
1: <laughs> what is I don't even know what it is. It's
0: anymore. his WWE It's still uh, the, uh, the, the Dancing Dinosaur. What what was his name in WWE? It's... Uh, uh, Brodus Clay. Yeah, it's at Brodus... Oh, he's still at Brodus Clay. At <laughs> Brodus Clay. It's like...
1: Is at Tyrus TNA taken? Like, I feel like that's an easy one. Let's see. Tyrus TNA. Let's see if anybody's at Tyrus TNA. Uh, n- somebody is there, but I don't know. You could probably message him if you really it's wanted to. because they're
0: probably trying to sell it to him,
1: but... Yes, and they got it in, like, 2014. So, yeah, he definitely... Uh, Tyrus B. C. is another one too. If you wanted to be ty- if you wanted to still kinda hang on to the Brodus Clay thing, it could be Tyrus B C. That is not taken. So
0: But I mean, at Brodus Clay, I mean it's just it's a <laughs> slap in the face to his employer, right? I mean it geez. I mean, because you look on TNA's social media or the other wrestlers, and it, it constantly says Brodus Clay, like in, in their social media, which is I don't know, you would think that they would tell him the changes to change
1: his Yeah, well I feel like that Baron Daxon and, and Basile like right away changed. Like the second they got their new names. I I, I remember them be- making a big deal. About you know changing their name, so that's uh, yeah, again, it's kind of odd.
0: this kind of speaks to my running theme. There's people in this company who are thrilled to be there, and their motivation levels are very high. Dax and Baraka Basile Baraka are good examples. Those guys they, they, look, they, they're thrilled to be in TNA, they're thrilled to have jobs in wrestling. Tyrus couldn't be a more go-through-the-motions dude. I mean, you can't – you know him and Aaron Rex, I mean, those two guys, they'd rather be anywhere than in that ring. They're there because they're getting a nice paycheck. Guys like Dax and Baraka, they're probably thrilled to be there. But yeah, this match was filled with guys like that. You had uh, – well, Braxton Sutter, he's another guy. He seems motivated. Eli Drake is loving life in TNA. A great old loves life no matter where he is. You know, Jesse Godders is one of the most improved wrestlers in the world this year. Um, and I'm not even trying to be funny. I mean, if, if anyone who's watched Impact knows that he's done tremendous things. Yeah, Mahabali Shira stinks. I mean, he's <laughs> he's so bad. Look, they have to have an Indian dude because they've got that Indian television deal. I get it. No, so you bad. can't find someone better than this guy from India. I mean, th- he's terrible. I mean, he really is terrible. No, he's he's harassed. is he the yeah, he worst is. major league wrestler in the world? <sighs>
1: He might be there. I, I I had that thought in the battle. I don't know if I put it in, in the review that I did, but I kind of had this idea as well that he is just really bad. Like there's there's nothing there at all. Like has, has he done anything that's made you say there's not even that lick of like potential or anything like I could almost get it if you got like a, a really raw guy, but you could see something out of him. I, I, I see nothing out of him whatsoever.
0: No, Zero. I mean, he's he's considerably worse than Ho Ho Lun.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Tyrus, who we talked about, uh, Rockstar Spud was thrown in this. Um, He's an excellent performer. He just – he had no real role coming into this show, and Robbie E. was the 10th guy. So that was your uh, Bound for Glory gauntlet battle royal. It was terrible. If you go back and watch this show, you can without question skip that match and save yourself 15 minutes or whatever it was. Next up, we had Mike Bennett versus Moose. Moose got the mini WrestleMania entrance with the uh, Pop Warner football team. Probably a very cool moment for those kids. They looked to be.
1: Yeah, they're um, high schoolers. They're high schoolers. Give them their credit. Oh, were they? They were high school. They were. Yeah, they're from uh, West Orange High School. I believe.
0: Oh, okay. So. I thought they were like twelve years old or something. But either way, a cool moment for these uh, for these youngsters, Rich, to come out there on a wrestling pay per view and uh, do a little Moose gimmick. And Moose and Mike Bennett went out there and had they had a Mike Bennett two star special match, right? I mean, you know, yeah. it was it was a match.
1: I hate Mike Bennett. <laughs> it's, it's just you can tell. Like you, you're talking about this effort thing, and, and he's a guy that again, you 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 can see right through it. You can just see that there's just no extra gear with him. He just goes through the motions every single time. And I thought, you know, Moose is a guy that that especially, you know, and I get it. Mike Bennett has no real purpose for doing this, but Moose is a guy that like if you really bring your A game with him, you can have a good match. You can do really do some good stuff with him. He's still a little rough around the edges, so you still need to kind of hold his hand a little bit. And and you would assume a veteran like a Mike Bennett would be able to hold his hand and and, and be able to do some pretty cool stuff. But Mike Bennett just has no desire to do that, and just does the bare minimum, and then he gets out of there. And that's what, exactly what this was. This was the bare minimum Mike Bennett match, and, and that that it, it annoyed me at this point in the in the card, and it would only get worse with the next match, which we'll talk about here in a sec. Well, the Mike
0: Bennett Moose match was built very well on television.
1: Oh, and, and that's what I was saying. I, the the build—you watch the promo video and you go, "All right, let's go, let's do this." Like this should be kind of have some intensity, instead of have some, and then it was just Mike Bennett sort of working him over, working him, working him over, working him over, and then Moose wins. It just like Moose. Does a few moves and wins. And it's just like, oh, all right, well. You know, mine.
0: I'm not even sure it's motivation with Bennett. I think he just is what he is. I, don't, I just think he's not that, they just think he's not very good. Yeah, that's possible. It, it, you know, some guys just aren't very good at this. I mean, he looks the part, he just isn't very good. You can historically, you know, run down a, a, a whole host of people in the history of wrestling who look the part, but they just aren't very good at this. And I think that's Mike Bennett. Moose is a guy who, who always works hard. I don't ever have a problem with Moose's effort. And I think he's he's a guy who's making a lot of money in TNA, and he really sees this as an opportunity. And uh, he does try very hard, and I think uh, – I'm glad that he won the match. I think I, – I don't know what he's done at the tapings. Um, I, I should also say we're probably going to do some spoilers in this segment because I think there's a few things that happened at the tapings that are unavoidable that we have to talk about if we're going to have any right. credibility covering this show. So um, – I guess, you know, skip forward now because uh, we're getting to the point. Actually, yeah, the next match, there's a spoiler I want to talk about. A couple, actually. So, so yeah, I don't know what they've done with Moose uh, at the tapings. I don't know what they've done with him. But uh, beating Bennett here seems to indicate that uh, they might be doing something. Uh, obviously, with the money they're paying him and with the fanfare they brought him in with, you think he's getting a push. Impact Grand Title Tournament Finals. Okay, so Drew Galloway was injured. And he cut a promo in the show explaining that he couldn't take part in this match. So Eddie Edwards, who wasn't even booked for the show at all, was sent in as the replacement. He got knocked out of the tournament on television. So he replaced him. He faced Aaron Rex. He lost via split decision. Edwards won the first round in pretty emphatic fashion. Aaron Rex won the second round, and I nearly fell asleep. He grounded him down with, look, if you're going to simulate MMA, Maybe not simulate the boring aspects of MMA. <laughs> right.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe, okay, and, maybe add some excitement to it, not the one that everybody boos about. And, and, and even in UFC, they get booed at and, and stuff. Yeah, maybe, maybe not that. I mean, best, he, but. He,
0: he, he won the match by grapple-fucking Eddie Edwards. He won the – I'm sorry, the round by grapple-fucking Eddie Edwards. It's like this is works. You can avoid the boring parts even if you're simulating MMA. You know what I mean? So I think that's something – but look, that's Aaron Rex. The guy just doesn't give a shit. I, that's that's the impression i get from him and then the third round they worked the even rounds so they can do the split decision gimmick with two judges giving it to rex one giving it to edwards despite the fact that the on-screen graphic that, <laughs> <laughs> that rex won all from all three judges which wouldn't have been a split decision at that point it would have been a uh, you know a 20 to 18 or whatever it is uh uh 20 29 28 decision? Yeah, it wouldn't have been a split decision at that point. So the graphic had it wrong, they screwed everything up, but uh, officially it was a split decision. Look, I kind of like this gimmick, but they need to work out the execution a bit. Um, I think that we need to see some pinfalls and, and some submissions in some of these rounds to mix it up a little. I think that maybe we need to see someone win the first two rounds, and then have the third round being uh, the other guy scrambling to, to you know, win via pinfall or with a big 10-8 round or something. There's no variety in these matches. They're always the same. It's always one guy wins one round, one wins the next, and then it comes down to the third round. And I think if you're going to do that, then what's the point of having this different style of match? So I think this has potential. I, I, I've enjoyed this, but I really think they need to work out how these matches are booked and how they're worked.
1: Yeah, and that—that's kind of the thought I came up with because I, I like the idea of doing something different. I like the idea, like I liked the ROH Pure Title back in the day. I kind of like this idea that when you watch this match, it's going to be different, it's going to look different, and allows the wrestlers to kind of do something different than they usually do. We talk about that all the time, where you do the same thing over and over, you do the same matches over and over, you're going to get bored of it, you have no motivation. Whereas this kind of gives them a little thing. Okay, cool. We have some different rules to kind of play with, some different things that we can kind of you know work out and, and and do, and like a guy like a Brian Danielson said, absolutely love that, and Nigel us like they took to that. Like, okay, cool. We get to have fun in the ring. We get to do. Do some different stuff. That was cool. And they really harnessed and 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 honed that in and, and really made that ROH Pure title something that was kind of fun on every show. And I had high hopes for this one. And then this match happened and I kind of went oh, okay never mind. <laughs> like because they just I don't know if guys are really gonna want to put that much effort into making them look and feel different. And this particular match I got so upset that you had you know they, they tied the first two rounds, so you have that third round going, and there was no sense of urgency from any one of those guys trying to win. you know they were basically playing to the judges and like how is that exciting you don 't want that you know what i mean like it 's still pro wrestling you still want the idea that that make this fun, make this interesting don 't make it a you know like you said these guys were at the end of that match, the last half of the match was them playing to the judges and trying to you know not let the other guy get any offense on them and that 's not fun that 's not exciting that 's not what pro wrestling's for i mean you want to kind of spice it up a little bit like you said something where you know that that third round that guy has to absolutely kill him he has to throw pull out all the stops and do it or whatever they could have done that here too but they didn't they just had him kind of roll around until the bell rang and then that was it and and like when it was done i just kind of went ah man that 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 sucked that was just it it, didn't do anything for me yeah the
0: the third round didn't have a definitive winner so it's like they they're basically copying all of the parts of mma that nobody likes
1: okay Right. Decisions, judges, decisions, nothing that's not fun for that's that's not exciting. Nobody cares about and, that.
0: And it's like, you know, maybe in some of these matches have a knockout in the second round, you know, have someone knock the other guy out or just you know, mix it up. Make it exciting. This was a second round of grapple fuck and a third round that was evenly worked where if anyone cared enough. They'd just be arguing about the decision like they do in MMA. That's the bad part of MMA. Why are you copying the shit in MMA that no one likes? Copy the exciting stuff. So they need to work out how these matches are worked. But at any rate, Aaron Rex won. He's your uh, a grand tournament. What do they even call this? Fucker?
1: Grand title, the Impact Grand Title. Okay,
0: and then he turned heel at the taping, which I think is a good move because this guy was going nowhere fast as a babyface.
1: Oh. Those babyface promo, that promo that he cut before this match with Borash was, and this is the guy that, you know, I wouldn't say it was one of the worst promos ever because, of course, it, it wasn't on that same stratosphere, but in terms of the worst promo of a guy that I know can do better. You know what I mean? Like, relatively so. How awful was that promo? Where he's like, yeah. Like, Borash is like, what? And he's like, uh, yeah, I want to win, and I'm going to prove that I'm better. He is complete. All right. Like, he- it was like, oh, my God. Like, I know you're – like, that – That like, I, I get it. If he was just a, a, a complete stiff, a guy that sucked at promos, okay, whatever. It's, you know, got in, got out, did what he had to say. But for a guy that we know is better than that, it was just like, oh, dear God. You don't care at all. You don't he care. He is
0: completely lifeless. He has no character. He has no gimmick. He's just – A guy, like literally just a guy, like there's nothing there with him. There's no spark. There's no energy. Any charisma that he had in WWE is gone. It is just completely gone. And he came in with such fanfare and excitement. The impact zone was fired up for this guy when he came in. And I'm telling you, Rich, he killed it dead the minute he cut down that you're a genius chant. They were chanting you're a genius at him. And I know I pound this home. But he turned to that crowd and he said, actually, I've never been tested. I've never had an IQ test. I don't know if I'm all that smart. Why would <laughs> you – why are you telling the fans that you're stupid?
1: I also like that his music is like the same as the Damien Sano music until like halfway through and then they just like – it just like scratches and turns into some s- stupid like metal it's song or whatever. The representation that representation yeah. of
0: his transformation from someone <laughs> right. with charisma into a guy with zero charisma. You know what he's like? And, I, I, you know, he's just – he's like that guy that works three cubicles over from you. He's a nice enough guy, but you would never hang out with that guy because he's just a fucking dud. He's a zilch. You know what I mean? Like on Twitter, he's like – you know what I said he was on Twitter? I said he's like he's like the nice guy that goes to your gym – Right?
1: I don't know if he goes to the gym he's, all that often.
0: He's that nice guy that you see at the gym, and you set him up with your single sister-in-law, but it like didn't really work out because she kind of thought he was boring. Like that, he's just a guy. He's the guy who does your taxes. How, how do
1: you have a single sister-in-law there, Joe?
0: What do you mean? Like if you're married to someone and her sister's single?
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Never mind. Okay. I thought she, you like this woman married into the family and then divorced or something like that. Okay, I got. Yeah, you.
0: Or, or you know, it's like like he's the guy that does your taxes, or he's he's that neighbor who, you know, it's just, it's like everyone, he's, all right, he's kind of friendly, but like, he's just like,
1: like he mows his lawn, you kind of say hi, hey, what's going on? You know, he's got a generic dog or something like that. Just everything, just you know, he's got one silch. dog.
0: And he walks his yeah, dog
1: the, one same, the
0: same time every night. At,
1: <laughs> you wave to him while you're getting your mail. Hey, how's <laughs>
0: it's going on? At 7.20 every evening, like clockwork, <laughs> he's out there walking his dog, and it's a generic as fuck dog
1: too. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's the most generic It's a
0: lab. It's a chocolate lab. <laughs> like
1: a brown he's lab he's or like, walking
0: yeah. his chocolate lab at 7.20 every night. <laughs> okay. The dog is so boring, too. Even the dog takes its shit in the same spot in the neighborhood every fucking night during the walk. He's got his little shit bag. He picks up the dog shit. He gives you the same. That, he's just boring. The guy's a. But
1: boring. you do see him, though. When a car crash happens on your block, though, you definitely talk to him for way longer than you need to.
0: But he doesn't have much to say.
1: No, that's it. Like you just stand there with your arms crossed and, and kind of like, hey, yeah, yeah, was, and he's in his, yeah. he's in yeah, his, and He's like, yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, working on dinner and I was making, you know, pork chops and then I saw the crash. Yeah, and you're then. lucky to
0: get that many words out.
1: <laughs> and then that's it. Well, that's it. And then you're like, then you're kind of like, oh yeah, all right. He's in, he's in his oh, generic yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: bathrobe. You know, he's just, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, he's just the guy. His wife is a five. You know what I mean? Like his, his wife is the most average woman ever. He, you know, he's got a kid who never talks, who gets all B's in school. He's just a fucking dude. Like the, 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 the heel turn cannot be a bad thing for him because maybe it'll get some life out of him. Maybe it'll, it'll motivate him a little bit because right now Aaron Rex is the most lifeless, charismaless void that there is in professional wrestling. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see what this heel turn gets out of him, And then after all this, Eddie Edwards is your new TNA world champion. So explain that one to me.
1: <laughs> you want me to explain it to I want someone
0: to, you? to explain it to me.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a little weird. It, it, it what, what is that in your mind? What is that? Is that just to make good, like uh something to, to kind of throw a bone to the, the, the locker room. Like I just don't get it. And I don't know. I don't know what leads up to it in, in the TV. So of course, you know, I, I kind of read the spoilers real quick, but didn't dive into them too much. Like, just yeah, that's that seems odd, especially in particular. We'll talk about a guy in a main event who I've absolutely loved everything he's done, and to me that's just ugh, I I hate that idea that Lashley lost to. It's a guy who I just don't know if they built up Edwards for anything. Like it just it, it's completely out of nowhere, and I'm not sure the point of it.
0: Let's skip ahead. So Lashley beats yeah. EC3, and this was.
1: Divisively too. Yeah,
0: and they totally built it up for months and months and months like EC3 was going to beat them for the title here, so I was very surprised. So you're like, oh, wow, Lashley gets a strong win over a strong contender. They're really going all the way with this guy.
1: And I don't think we can say enough about how strong that win was. I mean, EC3 had a little stuff here and there, but for the most part, that was Lashley toying with him. I and mean, I was actually absolutely playing with them, and 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 just dominating that match. Like I was stunned at how that match was laid out. The
0: only thing you can you can say about EC3 is he kicked out of a bunch of spears. Other than that, it was a pretty decisive win.
1: But he was getting, he was on the ground every time getting speared. Like that's the yeah I, I agree with it. Yeah, he kicked out and he showed that resilience or whatever. But it almost. It was kind of like a young lion resilience, where it was like this guy is so much above you, and like you're you're showing a little bit of fire or whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in the end, this guy's just just better than you. He's just leaps and bounds better than you. And I thought that was interesting because the build, like you said, told the story that you know Ethan was going to go neck for neck with it. That Ethan had a, a very good chance of winning, and I thought he was going to win. Actually, I thought he was going to be the one to unseat Lashley. And then when Lashley won, I went, all right, cool. So they're setting up Lashley to just dominate this company for for months to come. Like he's your guy. You, you build the company around him, but. And then 24
0: hours later, he loses the title to a guy who, number one, wasn't even booked for Bound for Glory to begin with. And then number two, lost his match at Bound for Glory to Aaron Rex. It's like, what are they doing here? Now, I know, look, sometimes with these tapings, we got to see the backstage stuff. You give them the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes they tape stuff out of order. Who the hell knows? Maybe he doesn't lose this match until the seventh impact. And in those first six weeks, they build up Eddie Edwards like a motherfucker, and he looks like the best man on earth. I highly doubt it, but you know th- that could be the case. We don't know. But on the surface, this sure looks like just a stupid, rushed uh, decision that doesn't make any sense. Now, maybe uh, – I don't know what Lashley's contract status is, but then again, if that's the case, if you feel like Lashley's moving on or if Lashley's taking some time off to prepare for a Bellator fight, whatever – why doesn't EC3 just beat him at the pay per view? I mean, you built this guy up this entire time. Why not put it on the guy who's hot instead of the guy who's just kind of floundering, waiting for his tag team partner to come back?
1: I hope you're not. Yeah, I hope this is rhetorical because I, I don't know. I mean, I just. Yeah, I was. I was. St- I just looked at my computer for. for- Five minutes straight and just went, hmm, okay. Waiting for, because the scoops kind of came and people were tweeting it out. And I'm waiting for, okay, where's the screw job? When does, you know, Corgan come out or, or whoever come out and reverse the decision and no, 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 or Lashley say, oh, no, that doesn't count because I didn't. And then nothing came. And I was like, okay, Eddie Edwards is your champion. All right. Yeah. Interesting. I, I just yeah, it's like you got to put a little bit of wrinkle in there. And that's something that, you know, uh, uh, Vince Russo used to do that all the time. He would just out of nowhere have somebody win the title. You know, it, a Booker T would lose on a bash at the beach or whatever and then win the title in the main event. You know, what I mean, like stuff like that would sort of happen a lot and it, it, and he would sort of say, "Oh, it was surprising. You didn't see it coming." And but you don't want that. You're like you want like yeah, it's cool. Like I like Eddie Edwards and I think he's he, he's a great wrestler, but give me something to get invested in him being the champion. Just him all of a sudden being the champion is like, "Oh, okay." Like why? You know, I don't care. Like, you gave me no reason to care until he won the title. So why would I care about him winning the title? You, you, there was nothing built up to make him. I mean, he lost in the semifinals of this tournament. Lost when he replaced somebody in the finals, and then he wins the title. Like that and, doesn't and make again, any sense. And again,
0: we don't know what the, what these tapings are going to look like. But but, sure. but again, we talk about this all the time. There's precedent here. Do we have any faith that Impact built him up to the point where? No, <laughs> that's my yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's impossible to, to have that kind of faith. So, um, you know, I, I highly doubt that, that they turned him into some, you know, strong super contender uh, in the interim. I guess we'll find out. As far as the Lashley EC3 match goes, it was a match. It was fine. It was completely inoffensive. That's sort of the theme here. Uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was there. I, I don't know how you felt about it. To me, it was I don't know two, two, two and a half stars somewhere in that range.
1: Of the yeah. main event. I, I liked it a little i, I you know I kind of like that story'cause i, I and again, like I've been invested in the Lashley character and invested in what Lashley has done, so I was kind of okay with him just sort of decimating EC3 and, and, and throwing those bombs or whatever like no it wasn't the epic that I thought it was going to be I was really looking forward to just kind of a back and forth match where you know one way or another even if, if Lashley did win he would just barely get by and Ethan Carter looked like a star afterwards but it wasn't that like I think I, I, I forgot what I gave it but I enjoyed it because I enjoyed that story of Lashley like in a vacuum if I just jumped into the show and hadn't watched TNA in a while and had no idea what was going on I would probably go to you know I think that's probably where you'd kind of go to two and a half with it but for somebody who's invested Lashley's story, and liked the idea of him kind of decimating e c three and then setting the stage for you know months of dominance, which is what I thought when I was done with that I went okay, there we go we 've told the story now that Lashley is so high and above everybody on this roster right now that 's a cool story now somebody 's got to build their way up and build it you know because this guy 's so far on top of the mountain and that's I like that. I like that story. I like that kind of story aspect of the match. And I was like, cool, I, I like that. I forgot what rating I gave it, but I think I enjoyed it a little bit more now knowing kind of what was coming next. And now sort of talking about it in a vacuum. No, I didn't really like the match, but I thought a lot of the, 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 the story of the match was cool. And I rated it based off of that. And now I kind of feel silly given what kind of happened afterwards. But well, yeah, it's such is life with rating matches. So <laughs> I didn't know you I got to rate these and, things in a vacuum. Yeah, here's
0: a match. I know you didn't like Maria loses the TNA oh. women's knockout title. to Gail Kim. Um,
1: you skipped a, You skipped a match. Okay, we'll sir. get to that. We'll get to oh, that. Okay, OK, I figured
0: we'd finish Oof. with that. Yeah, that's um, OK. This was terrible. This was worse than the gauntlet. So Maria stinks.
1: Maria's horrible. She's <laughs> – Malabali Shira is the worst male wrestler on any major roster. Maria might be the worst female. I mean th- yeah, this I was – this spirit. was offensively bad. And, that, and like Gil Kim is in the ring and like she is great. And, 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 and she has
0: carried bad wrestlers before.
1: Yes. So that shows you how bad Maria is. Like Gil Kim has made a career out of making bad wrestlers look adequate and she – couldn't do a thing with Maria there was interference throughout it, this was just a wreck this was awful. the only
0: good thing I could say about this is they kept it short so you know that was good they didn't drag it out it was just a very gimmicky match with a lot of shortcuts um, the Gail Kim Hall of Fame thing was much better than this match I, I thought that came off pretty well they brought back um, Taryn Terrell who's a, was someone who Gail Kim basically got great matches out of there's a good example.
1: Yeah. I like. I made a a point in my review, or at least on Twitter, where J- Terrence Rell came out and Josh Matthews went Pope. Do you remember the Dollhouse? And I was like, that was like five months ago. <laughs> like he's acting like we haven't seen the Dollhouse in like eight years or whatever. Like, oh my God, Pope, do you remember the Dollhouse? And I was like, yeah, that was like February, man. Like uh, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> like, yeah, they, Yes, we remember the Dollhouse. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. To be fair, Pope might not have remembered it, so that that's okay. I'll give him that then.
0: You know, Pope used to be decent on commentary. So you bad. you ripped him apart on sweat you couldn't you couldn't bury that guy hard enough well-
1: he was so bad. I do, I do enjoy though during the uh, Mike Bennett match. He called him like three different names. I think it was uh, Bennett, the Miracle Mike, or something like that. And the, oh, he said the Miracle Man Mike. Oh, what the hell? I'm, I'm going to fire up my review to see the two that he said. But I actually like. So I, I hated him, and then he said those two lines, and I kind of had to laugh. But let me, uh, let me, let me fire up what they were. I wrote them in my review, but the two made me just. The, the last one made me chuckle, and I thought, if that's actually his name moving forward, I'm all in on that. Let me see what it. Uh, what it was here that he had okay uh, god damn it where did it go okay uh, d- 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 okay he called him Mike Miracle the Bennett guy <laughs>
0: Mike Miracle the Bennett guy
1: <laughs> and then Miracle the Mike Bennett I like Miracle the Mike Bennett would be a great I like name. Miracle
0: the Mike Bennett too that's <laughs> yeah.
1: Miracle the- Mike Miracle the Bennett guy is not bad too but yeah M- Miracle the Mike Bennett is pretty
0: he's a full time announcer for this company <laughs> pretty poor pretty poor pretty lousy Uh, Yes, so Gail Kim's a new champion. She's also a TNA Hall of Famer, so... Uh does she get the watch does she not get the watch I don't know Rich uh,
1: maybe in a few months <laughs> we, we can't afford you know, the watch I don't know right how to we are not sure if we're going to pay you your salary so why don't you wait on the watch here for a little bit but hey it was a much better I mean we laughed about it a few years ago remember when the Dudleys they like rented out the Holiday Inn Express and had like four people there for the Dudleys Hall of Fame induction it was like you know at it, least it, this it was, was like of...
0: in it was in like the Holiday Inn meeting room that you go to for your job like when they
1: want to get you at the office right and like not at like a decent Holiday Inn in like a big city but like the Holiday Inn like yeah. <laughs> In a suburb of Memphis or something like that, you know what I mean? Like not even a nice. And, it's like, end, and like, it was like
0: one of those meeting rooms where it's like w- with a removable wall, where it's like the annex of a room. You know what <laughs> right,
1: I mean? There's like stale Danishes on the table <laughs> right. that you can kind of poke at for about absolutely. 10
0: minutes and-, and it's like they give you the free notepad with the free Holiday Inn pen to take your <laughs> notes on. You know, like that. I like
1: those pens. I have a lot of those. Holiday I got pens. tons of them. Big you know, and,
0: and then it's like that. That's where they held their. The, yeah, exactly. It was just so bad.
1: <laughs> it was just like Tommy Dreamer and Rhino like sitting at <laughs> <in the> a <laughs> table. Yeah, it was that was bad, but this was much better. This was actually really good. They had a great promo for uh the production value of TNA. I've enjoyed it for I mean, they, they've stepped it up a lot in the last uh, year, uh, in terms of like the production values of everything they've done. And the, the, the video that they had for Gale was, was really good as well. So,
0: yeah, that 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 ceremony came off very well. Um, the match, not so much. We also have new TNA tag team champions as Matt and Jeff Hardy defeated Decay. Now, I'll be honest with you. I thought this was a six-person match with Rosemary and Rebby. I guess it doesn't matter since they were heavily involved in it anyway. Um, so I was completely lost when I was watching this thing and I was surprised that uh, the Hardys won the titles, but apparently this was a title match. So um, and, and, and I used the term match loosely. Um, this was mostly pre-recorded footage of the Hardys just fucking around on TNA's dime again. It was fun enough. I thought it was way too long, though. I thought this just dragged on forever. This could have been half the length. Um, When they finally got back into the building, it turned into a pretty wild, hardcore-style match. Abyss, of course, had to take his thumbtack spot. Um, That's a a prerequisite. You know you're going to get that. And then Crazy Steve, I think he went through two tables with a swanton from Jeff or Brother Nero or whatever the fuck they're calling him. Um, Look, this stuff has not been for me from the start. I think it's goofy. I think it's overwrought. I think it's try-hard. There's elements of it that that make me chuckle, but I think overall I can do without it. It's just not for me. But I'll tell you this. During those pre-film segments, uh, you could hear the fans in the impact zone just losing their shit. The TNA fans love this stuff.
1: Yep. So it's not for us. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and that's, I think what I put in my review is like, if you like this stuff, you'll love this match. If you don't like this stuff, you won't. I mean, like, it's as simple as that. Like I was kind of like, all right, let's go. I'm done with this. You know, I know you were probably the same way, but I'm not going to rain on people's parade. There was a lot of people that loved this and thought this was a great match, and and I'm with you. Like, if that's your thing, if you enjoy these things and you enjoy this segment and you enjoy, you know, Willow coming back and all that, you know, go for it. I, I'm not going to, you know, if you, if that's your thing and you like it, go for it. I'm glad TNA is doing it too because people respond to it, so go with it.
0: I, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I can't even call them matches. These things aren't even matches. They're like short films. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's it's just not for me. I can sit here and bash it. Um, it's it's not like I hated it. It was mildly amusing, um, but it, it, it definitely dragged on too long. It did reach a point where I was like, "All right, they really need to take this home." But with that said, the live crowd fucking loved it. And you, you know, you you go to any TNA community, you ask Garrett Kidney, these people love it. So you know, it's as long as it's over with TNA as fans. I guess it's the right thing. I will. S-
1: and there was literal smashing pumpkins too. This, that was kind of the, the crowd went nuts for that when there was a pumpkin that got smashed. That was a, yeah, uh, the
0: fucking everybody loves the drone. I that, that, like that's not over <laughs> with me. I don't get it. I don't.
1: You're not a vanguard no, one. No, I don't
0: think it's funny. I I, I don't know. I, everyone's gonna call me joyless. I know, but that's fine. I just I, it doesn't hit with me. It's not it. It's not the kind of humor that
1: hits. With me. It, it's a divisive thing. I think this is definitely a divisive angle, and, and 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 I said as much. You know when I was talking about it, and I think that we've said it time and time again, and I think that's kind of our official stance as a show is like if you like this stuff go for it it's fine you can like it and 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 i'm sure this is good stuff if you like it if you don't like it okay then yeah you're not gonna like it like you know it's it's simple to say that but i think that's kind of what we're at with this i mean they're gonna keep going full board with it because the people that like it really really like it so go for it you know Yeah.
0: i mean i think an overrated aspect of it is i don't think it's created new fans for tna i think the first week that they did it Um, it it brought in a shit ton of viewers. And then, you know, you look at Google Trends or anything else you want to look at, even the ratings, it just shot right back down. Now, the ratings did level off slightly higher after all that stuff than they were before. But I I don't think it it brought in, I think a lot of people came in that first week to see it, um, you know, all the dilapidated boat shit that we had to deal with for a week on Twitter after that. (laughs) And and, and now it's like the interest level for that stuff, it's like they came one week and then they went away. No one's, it's like people did not stick around en masse with TNA because of broken Matt Hardy. So I think from that aspect, it's a little overrated. The TNA fans themselves, though, uh, they do, they, they, you know, they for sure they love it. So
1: that's now – A little bit of breaking news for you, all right, all uh, real right. quick. You know how we were talking about and, and, and wondering when does Eddie beat Lashley? When is it? It's on impact right now. Oh, it aired so. tonight. Yes, as we're as we're uh, recording so this, the match so is going aired, on. So it aired
0: three days later or whatever, four days later. Yeah. Which again, and that, I mean, that just solidifies no build whatsoever. I mean, the most you know, it had an hour's worth of build, if that. So. Uh, very, very questionable decision-making, uh, and I'm sure when I watch it later, it's not going to come off like Eddie Edwards is some massive star. I'll tell you the pictures I saw of Pepper Parks and Robbie E in the big in-ring celebration. Oh How lame was that? The
1: big in-ring. There was four guys. It was Moose, Pepper Parks, and Robbie E. They are like, eh. Like, we're doing some, doing some mild clapping to, uh, to Eddie Edwards' <laughs> big win. That's the That's the baby face. I mean, that, like – that battle royal really shows you, oh, my God, the roster depth on here. Because I, I think they have a, 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 a decent amount of guys at the top and a decent amount of – but, man, the, the lower tiers of this roster.
0: Where is the roster depth? There is none. There's no depth. There,
1: I mean, that, goal, that bound for gold is – I mean, that, that that's your, your depth is Pepper Parks. And, like, Shira. Like, that – oh, man. That's, and, the, and the terrible <laughs> that's French tag good. team. Those guys are so
0: bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no depth on the roster. Where's
1: Marche Rocket or your your – I don't know. He signed. He officially signed with Impact. You know, eight months ago, we haven't seen. Has he wrestled
0: yet. a single match?
1: I don't think so. Uh, Aiden O'Shea came back though, so that's pretty sweet.
0: Well, oh, yeah, that is pretty sweet. That's,
1: that's another sweet. another uh, spoiler there. I don't. I, I hope I don't ruin Impact for you, but uh, Aiden O'Shea came back, so <laughs> hope you can still. Yeah, let, let me find out about uh, old Marche Rocket. If he okay, looks like he did some tapings in August. I don't remember any of those. I don't
0: remember him on TV.
1: Do you remember him losing to Jesse Goddard's? I don't. Because I don't. Yeah, I don't either. now, now, (laughs) Now,
0: admittedly, I do fast forward a good chunk of Impact. And I do, and listen, I'm not watching intently, I am doing things around the house when I'm watching it.
1: So it looks like he was on two one-night-onlys in Explosion. Then there was two TV tapings. I don't remember any of these matches, though. And again, like I probably could have missed them. But uh, Basile Baraka, he lost to, And then Jesse Goddard, he lost to. But then he was on all three of these TV tapes as well in relatively big matches. So I think now we're starting so to we're kind starting of are starting to him. use him
0: now. I don't, yeah, he's
1: in a next division title match um, and then a few other things throughout. So, yeah, it looks like they're finally using him now. I don't
0: remember those two impact matches at all.
1: I, yeah, I don't know. And <laughs> I couldn't even tell you how
0: to watch Explosion. But um, I assume it's on their, their – YouTube page.
1: I think you would assume wrong. I don't know. I don't know that they are. I, I actually, it airs internationally, it right? I think so. Yeah,
0: it definitely doesn't air in the United States.
1: Ring about it, Joe, a
0: much better pay-per-view. Yes, I, uh, I do it. I
1: just finished it today. So. I
0: think this might've been their best pay-per-view of the year.
1: Yeah, I think it's the best they've had in, in a couple of years, and I mentioned that I, when I because I got done watching, like I said today, and, and I went up on Twitter and I was like, I really don't know if I heard enough people talk about how good this show was. And there was a few matches that I was like, I didn't really hear many people say like there were people that said, yeah, it's it's better than the TNA pay per view. Maybe you should watch it first. Because I asked a few days ago, hey, which one should I watch first? And everyone was like, oh, you know, TNA's kind of got this, this, and this, and ROH was good, and like, okay. And then like I was done, I was like, why didn't you people tell me to watch like no doubt watch this one right away? Like this was top to bottom a a very very good show for me. Oh, right this 100.
0: blew away bound for. Glory.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, come on, people. Why didn't you tell me to watch the first I this mean, it's first? not even like,
0: close. Um, you know, the, the, first of all, the main event, the ladder war, um, just an insane match and, and not really just a collection of spots. I mean, there was a. The Christopher Daniels stuff in this match.
1: He was incredible. That was maybe his best individual performance ever. And that's a guy who's had just incredible stuff. But I thought this was him laying it all on the line in this match. And, and, and that's even what he, you know, he mentioned that uh, in his pre-match promo too, the one that we talked to, uh, you know, or I don't know if you talked about last week, but uh, uh, one that made a big deal on, on social media. I mean, he laid it all out there and said, this is, you know, this is my life. This is it. This is all I live for uh, and, and showed it in the ring. Absolutely. Well,
0: great promo. It had me instantly – that promo got me fired up for this match. I I, I tell you, to me it was just another match until I saw that promo. That promo really got me into this match. And then that was the theme. That was the story of the match was, you know, was Christopher Daniels going to survive this incredible beating that he was taking, Uh, you know, and it it was this Christopher Daniels' last stand. And, you know, this match was – it just had some – insane spots uh some stuff where you were sort of at the edge of your seat and hoping that no one died as it was
1: happening i thought nick jackson was gonna die there was that one where he went off the top i think it was nick and and like he was so close to the 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 guardrail and he just had like no room for air to hit that table and then he just cracked the table exploded when he went into it i was so nervous for (laughs) him that was crazy
0: it might have been kazarian that he put through that table
1: um, well, no, he did that, and then he did another one where he, you know, there was that one which I, I with you, and then there was one where he just fell on the, ta- on the la- uh, table himself. Oh. He was climbing up the ladder, like grabbed the titles, and they did the thing where you know they kind of seesaw uh, and teeter over the ladder, and then he just crashed into a, a table, and the thing just exploded. Like you just heard the thud of his body hitting the mat, and the table exploded. I thought that was just crazy. Yeah, and then there was the one where he put a guy through the table too. That's just it's not.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, you know this was six pros. They know what they're doing in there. And, um, you know, so everybody came out of it relatively healthy other than scrapes and cuts. So you can't really complain from that perspective, but they're very lucky. I mean, there were some very ambitious things that they tried in this match. Um, the Motor City Machine Guns really kind of just stayed out of the way.
1: I mean, they were kind of ex- – Yeah, they were nothings. They, this could have been Bucks versus The Addiction. I would have been fine with it. I, I really didn't get much out of them. You know what they were? Yeah, what they were. you what
0: they were. They were Kane in a, in a Money in the yeah. Bank match where they're there to catch people and provide some extra safety and go through some tables and just be there for spots. Because for the last ten minutes or so of this match, they were just on the floor, laid out, and good for them, staying the fuck out of the way of the carnage that took place after that between the Bucks and the Addiction. But in terms of the uh, finish, a lot of people complained, "Ah, stupid! Why didn't he just grab the belts?" I, you know,
1: they're the Young Bucks; they're assholes. <laughs>
0: like, that angered me. I mean, they're showboat assholes. That though. complaint legitimately angered me. It's like.
1: It's the Young Bucks. Have you never seen a Young Bucks match ever? They're showboat assholes. That, that
0: finish like, was so within character of these two men.
1: They're California dickwads. Like, yeah, that's what they would
0: and do. So within the story of the match where it's like, you know, they have an opportunity to finally kill this guy dead and be cocky show offs all at the same time and still win the match. It's like Young Bucks. Of course. Like, have have, never,
1: exactly. If you not seen a Bucks. Have you match? ever seen a Young Bucks match promo entrance shirt, Twitter, tweet, anything video nothing ever? I mean, like, that
0: finish was perfect for the Bucks. I mean that that, that him just grabbing the belts would have been so anticlimactic at that point. And I, and I and I don't think it ran counter to any sort of psychology. The Motor City machine guns were dead. They were outside the ring, and they were complete non-factors. The other member of the addiction was dead. He had just –
1: Yeah, they were systematically taking people out. I think uh, Carino or somebody said that on commentary, which I thought was good, is that the Bucks were were focused and just systematically one by one by one taking everybody out until there was no doubt that they were going to win this thing.
0: And then basically Matt said, look, we we can fucking finish this guy off too even though it's – and Nick did it.
1: Yeah, we're lucky they didn't spend five minutes humping him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just dry humping. Like that—that's like, yeah, that's that's the box, man. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I saw that complaint too, and I was like, I, I, you, you just don't get you, it, then. You don't get the young box. got to beat
0: now. Look, this coming from someone who basically just shit on the Hardys and the Great War. So I, I okay, maybe it's a little, uh, um, maybe I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite,
1: but but <laughs> us, no, no. But you no have
0: way. to be truly. A joyless grump to have not understood, not enjoyed or understood why they did that spot. Because on top of everything else, it looked fantastic. It was one of the most dangerous-looking wrestling spots you'll ever see. It was cool as fuck. Sometimes shit is just cool as fuck. And that was really cool. And it looked awesome. And it fit the psychology. And it was super memorable. You're never going to forget that spot. It was super memorable. The match was super memorable because of that spot. I mean, it was it was one of the great matches of that style that you'll ever see. It really was, and um, you know,
1: yeah. Dave said it was one of the best ladder matches ever. I, I don't know if I'd put it on that level, but it was it was certainly up there. I mean, it absolutely is. I, it's going to pop up on our match of the year plenty of times, and it's it's not going to be out of place at all if it does. Of
0: matches of that ilk, you know, your TLC mat style matches, you know. Uh, you know, ladder match, that incorporates a lot of different things, a lot of singles matches and things of that. But in terms of matches of, like this, which are just hardcore destruction with multiple people in them, it's one of the best ever. I would agree with that. The, car, sure, the carnage was just incredible. And the fact that everyone came out of it healthy, but the fact that it looked like they were all fucking dead by the end of it. Um, This was just it was it was great. It was. It,
1: mm-hmm. And there was a lot of story in yeah. there, too. And I think that's, that's. If you just jumped in, maybe you don't know a lot of the stuff, and maybe Ring of Honor didn't do a great job of kind of telling you. There's a long, winding story that they told here. And then Daniel's promo really kind of sealed it all. So, yeah, there was an extra little added that where it wasn't just, you know, three teams, let's go out there and do some shit. I mean, there was some real, you know, real stakes with this match as well and real build to it. And I didn't
0: well. ever get the feeling when I was watching it that they were just going out there and doing spots. It's weird to say in a match which was nothing but a series of spots, but I never felt like they were just out there setting up, okay, like sometimes you'll watch a Money in the Bank ladder match and you kind of feel like they're just moving from one predetermined uh um stunt to the next sometimes you get that feel, and that's okay because it's a money in the bank match. it's usually opening up the car and that's and it, it, i'm not I'm not bashing it for that, but this match I never had the feeling that they were just going from one stunt to the next. I don't know if I'm making enough sense or if I'm articulating that well, but this felt like more for for a match of this type it felt like more of a match than it could have or they, they could have easily fall into the trap of just going from stunt to stunt and I, I, I really felt like this was a fight with stunts as opposed to yeah. a series of stunts so I think that helped it too now I went four and a half I, I don't know what you gave it or what you,
1: but I, probably four and a quarter is probably where I I, I think I'd settle or in what's,
0: or what Dave gave it or whatever but
1: Dave gave it th- uh, four and three quarters
0: yeah so I mean but
1: so he was really. Hey, look, it's that five. Dave
0: Ladder bump, though.
1: Uh, he loves There's his a ladder ladders, man. in a hey. match.
0: He's going up an extra quarter or half a star, and actually,
1: that's fine. Hey, that, people have their things. I'm you looking know?
0: at my notes now, and I I went four and a quarter actually. So okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Agree but that. I mean, you know, I, it was a great match, and 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 especially uh, for matches of this type. Now, and, and and remember, the Bucks. I think this is their only their second Ring of Honor title.
1: I believe so, because too, yeah. Major, it's been a while. It's been quite a while. The <laughs> major
0: point of emphasis in their promos was that they don't hold the, they never hold these titles and that they wanted them very badly. So uh, let's see. Let's go through the whole card. The opener was Bobby Fish over Dijak. Now, I watched the show live, and this was a very deci- divisive match live. I loved it. I thought there was great storytelling in this match. I thought Dijak gave a tremendous performance in selling the leg. They, if you like focused limb-selling this was the match for you because DiJack was tremendous in selling in in selling that left leg. I thought Fish did a good job working it over.
1: Um, yeah, I thought Fish was a good asshole in this match was. too, which was cool because DiJack came out and he got a big pop and maybe they didn't know i don't know if they expected as much of a pop as he got but he kind of then diject became the underdog babyface, a hometown guy and fish just was the total asshole and, and fish can turn that on and off whenever he wants so i thought that was kind of cool that aspect. so i
0: it. enjoyed this match but there, yeah, there were the people tip. who trashed it and and thought it was disjointed and not very good i thought it was an excellent match i also didn't have a problem with the finish a lot of people just you know and again this is sort of that thing ROH, it's trendy to bash the ROH booking these days, I get it, and it's sort of that camaraderie thing where everyone, you know, there's a little bit of that, I think, but it's, it's, you know, how do you not put the title on the hometown guy, look, I think it's a little too soon with Dijak, I had no problem with him losing here, let it build a little, you know what I mean, now, in six months, if they do nothing with Dijak, you can come back to this and say, well, that was a mistake then. But I didn't have a problem with Dijak losing. You know, it's, it's, it, did it rub you the wrong way well, that he lost this match? It did.
1: Not at all, because I think and the visual of him kind of getting up and and, and Carino and Kelly were, were really big about pushing that home. That hey, Dijak didn't give up. He passed out. You know that that wasn't it. Was it, it was like you know on a, a super obviously much lesser level, but similar to you know the Austin Hart thing, where it's like you know Austin lost, but he kind of gains a little by losing because it he didn't give up. He gave it his all. He he worked through the leg. He worked through all the you know Fish is obviously still at this point a better worker than Dijak and a better wrestler or whatever. But Dijak showed himself that he's you know he's near that level. And he, he was able to kind of survive the, the beatdown and survive everything that Fish brought to him. And yeah, he didn't win this time, but it, it, it yeah, I, I, you know, he got that standing ovation while he was walking out and he didn't, you know, he didn't tap out. I thought, I that, thought was cool. this, like, this that was cool. Like that's I, right I think there, this go. Was one
0: of those losses where the guy gained something from losing.
1: Absolutely. Oh, 100%. And, and I yeah. think
0: that, that Fish is having a good television title run and it, it kind of would have felt like it was, it was uh, I don't feel like it's the right time for Fish to lose either. You know, And I feel like this this win did work on some le- – this loss did work on some level for DiJack too. So again, do you have confidence ROH is going to follow through with a proper push for Dijak? <laughs> it's, it's hard to have that kind of confidence. Now, everything you hear is that they feel like he's their next big star. So maybe it will be different with him. So this is kind of one of those things where I didn't have a problem with the finish in the moment. Check back with me in six months. And I think it's kind of like – that's the thing when it comes to complaining about booking. I think a lot of times, a lot of us are too anxious to get out there and rip booking in the moment. A lot of times with booking, you got to check back in six months. You can't really. A lot of booking, you can't really. It's it's mm-hmm. a. We're in the hot take culture, Rich.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate that's kind of our business too. Yeah, like, because people bring that up to me all the time. oh, well, let it. And like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, in in a macro sense, I do want things to sort of play out a little bit. But we're in the kind of we have to kind of react. You know what I mean? Like people follow us on Twitter for reactions to things and and things going on. And yeah, while well, a WWE pay per view is going on and everyone's tweeting about it, we have to kind of give our reaction. Like we have, I mean, that's where we get a lot of our support. We get a lot of followers and we get clicks to the website is doing that sort of stuff. So yeah, like it sucks that that's what you have to do. And I try not to force like I don't I don't try to force hot takes or whatever. But I try to give my opinion as I see it in that moment or whatever, which isn't always fair and not always the best way to do it. So it, you know, it's 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 dangerous that that's you know, it's great that we have that communication tool. And it's great that we can instantly sort of react to things but there's a you know there's it's a double-edged sword in that way I, where there's times where it doesn't work it doesn't, to do that where I, it would be better to sort and of I work feel out like but, when
0: people are watching these shows together on twitter or or whatever they feel the need to just give that hot take for
1: you want to shout louder yes, than everybody else so you, you stand know, out because everyone's everyone's talking you need to shout so like yeah it, it's, it's,
0: it's i have to have an opinion on this book you know a lot of times with booking i don't even have an opinion I, I really don't get wrapped up in booking like a lot of people do, but anyone who listens to this show knows that. But this, I feel like, is one of those things. Look, if this could be a character-building loss for Dijak if down the line he eventually is able to overcome Fish, who in the kayfabe sense is a better wrestler than him right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. Uh, the four-corner ROH World Tag Team title, number one contender match. You know – Here's a finish. I did have a problem with, so I just ranted about, you know, pump the brakes when you complain about booking.
1: Damn you, delirious!
0: But it's like, you know, the Colt Cabana team wins this match, and it's like, all right, it's Cabana's a part timer, and it's like, you know, to me, I don't know what they're doing here. Maybe Cabana and Dalton Castle are going to have some tremendous tag team title run. I don't see that happening. I feel like that's so not it's happening. like, you know, but this match, let me tell you. This was a great match to get the crowd going. This really should have been the opener. They should have flip-flopped this with Fish sidejack. Yeah,
1: yeah, because Lee and Taylor were awesome in this match. I love them. Listen, man. Big flying fatties. I've been
0: watching those dudes for years down here. In fact, it's really fun for me and for other fans from Texas because we've seen Keith Lee and Ray Rowe, and Ray Rowe and Shane Taylor going at it for years down here in various different indie promotions and whatnot, and we knew what all these guys could bring to the table. Uh, Look, Keith Lee... He's almost like, you want to make people mad, Rich? You want to make people mad with this podcast? Let's make some people mad. Keith Lee is like a modern-day improved version of Mark Henry, in my opinion.
1: Uh-oh. Because it's like <laughs> now he you've brings done it.
0: That, that, that nastiness to the table, that no-nonsense. <laughs> but here's the thing. Then he does fucking planches and suicide dives and flip dives on top of everything else.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of Kongo Kong has a similar vibe to him as well, where he can do the monster thing, and then when he wants, like, he just jumps over the top rope and does a tope or whatever. And, like, it's the greatest thing in the world when he does that. Like, I know people get angered by it, and, but I, if you watch that live, like, there's no way to be angered by it. He does it in a way that, that just works so well. So I, I like the idea of kind of a Why fatty people doing be this. Angered by that? It's great. Yeah. Oh, man. People want, like, the club. They want, like, you know, a clubbing blows to the back, and then he pins oh, the guy. No, oh, they, after want, Mar- they want Mark fly. Henry. Right, they want nerve locks and clubbing bows to the back. You know, I'm fine with him doing that and then doing a toe and taking out ten people at a time. Like that's they, cool. They, they and want, they want yeah. they
0: want mean faces and and good looking punches. Right? Like, come on, like. You can have that and a guy who does a flip dive. This is
1: why. Right. I, think I like guy flip like dives he... that take out 12 guys. Like, yeah, because Kong Kong will do that at like an AEW show. It's the greatest thing to watch live is like those 10 guys on the ring kind of brawling. And then you look and everybody kind of senses it. Oh, no. Kong's out there. And then he flips. And it's just the biggest reaction in the world because th- that guy shouldn't do what he does. And he does it. And it's awesome. And then and he wins the different match. Different kind of
0: character. He's more of like an improved version of Kamala.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's it's similar vibe though. Like he does the same thing where he kind of works the guy over, works the guy, does big man stuff, and then we'll bust that out. But then he wins via big man stuff. Then he'll get the guy in the ring and then do a big power move and win. But it's just an aspect of his. You know, he evolved with the times, and that's something that that okay, it's fine. Like
0: so, you, with Keith Lee, you get that power stuff, and and you get yeah. that mean, nasty vibe, and you get a the, like the great flip dive he did here. And you know, how about Dalton Castle fucking delivering German suplexes to these big dudes? And this was just a good. This was a fun match, and how fun was this match? This was so much fun. Everybody delivered in this match, with the possible exception of the All Night Express, <laughs> who have not really delivered at all since they returned. They're so
1: bad. I thought they were going to win this, and they probably should have because that's just a team that you feed to the box. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to do that one-off title match or whatever, there's number one content that just feed them to the box and have them lose. You know what I mean? Like I would have almost had them win. Uh, just around, you know, around election time and stuff too If you really want to build that up for like a few weeks You can do that, because yeah, I don't, I, I just don't see a reason Cabana and Castle had to win this one I mean, they can get a title shot whenever they want, whereas I, I But yeah, I, I mean, whatever Who cares, <laughs> like they're just going to get fed to the bucks anyway It doesn't matter yeah,
0: but I mean, I guess, you know, the the Lee and Taylor feud with War Machine, I was kind of annoyed that they didn't just have a singles match on this card, but then this match was so good that it didn't bother me by the end of this match. It just, I, I mm-hmm. kind of wish one of the other teams had won the match, though. Um, Dragon Lee and Kamatachi. Now, the thing about this was the fans didn't really know who Dragon Lee was, and they weren't really all that into him, and they're not really into Kamatachi all that much yet either. This was, I, I kind of. <sighs> I was kind of annoyed at this match. I, look, it was Dragon Lee and Kamatachi. They worked their hard pace. Uh, I thought it was an excellent match, but the problem was it was like the worst match they've had against each other like in ages. Like the match they had in CMLL in, in February or March or whatever it was, was a much better match than this. The match of Fantastic Mania was a match of the year contender. will be probably finishing my top five and blew this match away. And it's not that this match wasn't good. It's but this match was sloppy. Um, and I think the finish with the blown um, – what is the name of that? Movie? Kota Ibushi does it. Uh, oh, the yeah, Phoenix no, Plex. The Phoenix Plex was sloppy at the end, and there were some other sloppy spots at points here. And I was like, man, they, you know, there were so many new eyeballs on these guys. And I still think they managed to blow people away with a lot of their crazy shit. But they could have done so much better if they would have had the fantastic Mania match or one of their CMLL classics. Man, that would have been all the talk coming out of this show even with the ladder match, but they did it was just a little sloppy.
1: I think I liked it a little bit better than you, but I think you, you talked about it a little bit during the ladder war where that felt like a fight with some spots in it, whereas this felt like a spot fest sort of match. You know what I mean? Like and that doesn't mean I disliked it. It didn't mean I hated it. I actually liked it. I, I think more than you and I think more than a lot of other people because I was kind of uh, I was on Twitter going, not a lot of people are talking about this match, but I think it's pretty good. With that said, yeah, of their other matches that I've seen Probably the worst of, of of kind of the real hyped matches, which is a shame because yeah, like you're saying, there were so many eyeballs on them, and and I do wonder if maybe the subdued crowd kind of played a part in it, where they weren't able to kind of because we saw at the Fantastic Mania, I mean, that crowd was nuts for them, so that sort of helped them, and, and I think it helped the match a little bit. Whereas this crowd wasn't really doing much; they were kind of playing to to almost no audience. I mean, there was a few people in the crowd that were kind of politely clapping, but you know, the stuff that they're doing requires you know explosions and people to go nuts and that sort of. So that didn't happen. But I, I actually liked it a little bit more. It was sloppy and yeah they they're capable of better uh but i thought all in all it was a good showcase for both those guys and i thought dragon lee in particular um i don't know how you go away from this not wanting to see more of that guy if you're a ring of honor fan you know what i mean like i think you, you've seen kamitachi and kamitachi's been you know good but i thought dragon lee uh just on another level in, in this particular match and I, I was i was upset that the crowd wasn't a little bit more into it but it i think what it this
0: was a better match if it was your first exposure to these guys than it was if you if you've seen them all
1: Sure. Yeah, well, I can absolutely see And
0: that. I, I think that it's almost like ignorance is bliss. If The people that have never seen these guys wrestle before, I think they probably thought this was an awesome match. And it, But they, little do these people know. But on Twitter, the first thing I was doing, I was like, go to Cubs fans YouTube. Go to New Japan World because I promise you, if you thought this was great, these guys are capable They're of so much more. They're going to blow you away, more. yeah. You know, and and I I really hope you know some of the first timers did seek out those other matches. But I, I it's not like I didn't like it. I liked it a lot. I gave it four stars. But I mean, you're talking about two guys like earlier in the year. I think I gave four and three quarters to the Fantastic Mania match, and like four and a half to that CMLL match they had, where Kamatachi looked like he wanted to murder himself with some of the uh, dives he was doing. So, but yeah, you know, a good enough showcase. And Dragon Lee beat Bobby Fish at the tapings the next day. So it looks like they're doing a little something with Dragon Lee. Uh, that I, I guess that would mean he's getting a TV title shot at some point, which, you know, I guess I can't wait to see the TV match that they have. And, uh, hopefully they kill it when they have a TV title match too. ROH trios first round. Now this, this was a finish that surprised me a little bit because the fire pro team of three guys who have no business teaming with each other, ACH, Jay White, and Kushida, they beat the Briscoes and Yano. Now Briscoes and Yano are former never open weight, six man champions. Um, you know, they got all the promo time leading into this match, and then the three randos end up winning the match. I thought this was a fun match. I love the ACH, White Kushida Fire Pro Team because they're
1: – Super ACH, super ACH. Yes, a
0: super ACH, and, 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 you know, the fact that these men have no business teaming together. I didn't see them winning this match because I didn't think that they'd be – bringing back Kushida down the line for another. But then again, Yano was on the other side. Um, What did you think of this? I thought this was a lot of fun and I was pleased with the finish.
1: No, I like, I like the idea of that team winning. The, one thing that I really do enjoy, especially in, like, tag tournaments or a tournament setting especially, is, like, the thrown-together team that doesn't quite little work, but then it kind of does, and the guys kind of gel as it goes on, and they're kind of, you know, they don't really know what they're capable of. Uh, New Japan did that a few weeks ago with uh, where, where David Finley filled in for Seidel, and you had, you know, Kojima, Ricochet, and Seidel, or, or and, uh, uh, Finley, rather, and it seemed like it didn't really work, didn't make a whole lot of sense. There seemed to be, like, a weirdness to them initially, but then little by little they kind of – and there's always this visual of, like – Jay White watching ACH do something and going, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. And then Kushida does, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a fun thing. I like that idea of this kind of team that just kind of gets thrown together and gels very quickly and starts kind of going through this tournament maybe a little bit. Like, I'd be cool if they made it all the way to the finals or whatever. I, you know, I, I kind of like that team. I, I, I love the idea that they kind of get better by each match. They get more familiar with the, themselves in each match. And they start kind of getting along a little bit more and getting some chemistry. Like, that, that, that story is kind of cool. I always enjoy that, particularly in a tournament setting. I think it works best.
0: Look, I'm into this tournament. I'm into these titles. I know people are annoyed that Ring of Honor has chosen to add these titles. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I like the idea of these belts for the same reasons. I like the idea of the never open weight belts in New Japan. And I think it's a cool little wrinkle to the show. Um, you know what would those three guys have been doing on this show if not for this tournament? They were in something, they were involved in something meaningful, and they've got a little uh, you know storyline behind them now. Jay White and ACH. So I, I have no problem with it. And I thought it was a fun match. Jay Lethal beats Tetsuya Naito. Thirteen uh, minute match. It was good. I, I can't call it great. Were you surprised at all by the finish of Lethal defeating the Intercontinental Champion? <sighs>
1: I was just because that's not something we've seen from Ring of Honor in so long. Like there was there was months, years of these Ring of Honor New Japan shows where there was no doubt in anyone's mind that Naito was going to win this, destroy Jay Lethal, wouldn't be. But this was cool. I like. I was kind of surprised by it, and and I liked it. I liked the idea that Lethal kind of got his revenge on Naito. And I liked the idea and the optics that a Ring of Honor guy beat a top New Japan guy. Like sometimes, you know, they need to kind of get their wins back. So I thought that was kind of cool. And, and 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 yeah, I'm fine with it. I really didn't have a big problem with it.
0: Doesn't hurt NATO at all in Japan. I saw you. It.
1: It no, and that's. I think that's the big thing. People were reacting like, "Oh my god, I can't like." How many people in Japan are really going to watch this and are going to go, I'm not going to go to the next <laughs> you know, New Japan show because Naito's a geek and he lost to Day Lethal. This is for the American fans. This, this this, entire feud was for American fans. It was never in any way supposed to be for Japanese fans. It was a self-contained story in Ring of Honor, something that I've said Ring of Honor had, should have done a long time ago with the New Japan guys where they would just kind of come in and do these dream matches. This they actually went through and built up a story and then got somebody over at the result of the story. So go, go, kudos to them like that's a much better thing than when just having a dream match you know that that before in a year ago this would have just been Jay Lethal versus Naito what a dream match you know what I mean like there wouldn't have been this sort of wrinkle of the tag team breakup and them sort of feuding and 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 then Lethal winning like that just would never have happened a year ago in Ring of Honor so I was on board with it I liked it it does nothing but benefit Lethal in America does nothing to hurt Naito Uh, I, I, I yeah no complaints whatsoever
0: Adam Cole now to me Cole beating Michael Elgin. Uh this was a good first title shot out of first high profile title shot out of the gate to establish Cole as champion. Decent enough match. Kinda dry. Look, you know, Cole is just a guy. I mean, he just I don't know, man. I don't get Cole the way other people do. Yeah, I'm no. officially
1: on like – and I, I, I try, I try, I try. And we talk about this almost every time there's a big Cole match. But I think this is I, – I almost – I think I just got to throw in the towel. Like I'm just not going to – I thought this would be the one. This is fine and there was a bunch of Canadian Destroyers. and it. But like when it was done, I just kind of went, yeah, all right. <laughs> like I, I'm at that level with Cole. I don't know. I, I don't know.
0: You know, And it, it's both Adams because we completely skipped over Kyle O'Reilly versus uh, Adam Page. And you didn't even notice because it's Adam Page. It's like (laughs) Adam Page is another guy. I mean, I just I try and try and try. I just don't get it. He's fine. I don't think he's bad. But I mean, you know, it's it's have you ever seen an Adam Page match and you were like, wow, that was incredible.
1: Yeah, like you, you, the next day you're still thinking of that Adam Cole match or or Adam Page match. You're still thinking of a spe- no, you know, it it leaves your mind and never returns. <laughs> like that's that's the Adam Page special. Just- yeah,
0: and I mean, you know, so and and this Cole Elgin match was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. I thought it was a good match. Um but you know, it's like Adam Cole, I have no confidence that he's going to go out there as ROH champion and have four and a half star ROH World Title matches. I have no confidence in that whatsoever. I I I I don't think Cole is that guy. Um I, I I would love for him to be that guy. I think he's a good promo. I think he carries himself well. I don't hate him, but I just don't have this – I don't understand the love for Adam Cole that he gets in some other places. I don't know. I just don't get it. Um, then we had, of course, the, 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 the latter war, which we already talked about. So that was the ROH show, which to me – when you have that ladder war, which is an incredible, memorable match, and you have Dragon Lee Kamatache, and you have the uh, the four way survival tag match, which was a ton of fun, and you have the um, the Fish diejack match, which which I enjoyed a lot, and then you have the Lethal Naito match and the Cole Elgin matches, which were solid as fuck matches. I mean – and the trios match was a lot of fun. This all added up to just one hell of a pay-per-view. I enjoyed the shit out of this. The, 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 the show flew by. The three hours went by quickly because I enjoyed everything. And this was one of those shows that when it was finished – look, I didn't think it was one of the the greatest shows I'd ever seen. But man, was I glad you know, that I plunked down my dollars and that I sat and watched yeah. this show.
1: Yeah, it was a time. It was a decent – there's no way – I don't think you can come away from the show – And not be happy with your time and money investment from it. I mean, that's all you can really ask for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the icing on the cake is if you get a really awesome show and it's a show of the year or whatever. But if you, at the end of the three hours, go, yeah, all right, like that's fine. (laughs) Like, I, I was, I'm happy that I spent my time watching that, and that's absolutely what I was with this show. Um, the production of Ring of Honor, it, it's getting there a little bit. I mean, one thing I did have a little bit of annoyance was, is the crowd just didn't seem like it. And, and, and people live again, like we always kind of hear it. People live, oh no, we were making a ton of noise and, and you just couldn't hear it. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's Ring of Honor not micing the crowd properly or people thinking when they're live at a show that it's louder than it is or I don't know what it is but this show had a lot of those instances where it was just like you couldn't hear a thing uh, from the crowd and that that hurt some matches including Dragon Lee and Kamitachi, which I do truly believe that nobody really cared during that match but even like Cole and Elgin it was just kind of the crowd wasn't really doing much. Um so i i don 't know I, again, who knows if it 's that they don 't mic properly i I still don 't understand how you know we were able to mic crowds for you know decades in wrestling, but now all of a sudden it 's the hardest thing in the world to do, or just fans don 't really make as much noise as people think they do so i, I don 't know i 'll
0: be is. honest i didn't notice watching live i just I was just watching the show and enjoying it well, that's good. And, and it didn't really. It wasn't something that stuck out to me. The only thing that stuck out to me was that they didn't really react to Dragon Lee at first. I thought as the match went on and they were doing crazy shit that the crowd was kind of oohing and on to those two guys. Mm-hmm. But I was, that was really the only match where I was paying attention because I wanted to see how the crowd would react to those guys because I really wanted them to do well. You know what I mean? The rest of the show, I, I, it, it, really, you bringing it up now is the first that I'm even thinking about it. So I didn't really notice any problem with the crowd. Let's go there. Um. So maybe it wasn't as prevalent as usual, or maybe I don't know. Um, one thing before we move on, because next we're going to preview a couple shows coming on this week. Do you think, in general, me and you, this show, are we like, are we more positive? If you if you ran like a scale of you know the the the, the wrestling uh, community or whatever, or wrestling media. Do you think we're more positive than most people when it comes to these shows and when it comes to these matches and when it comes to things like that? Do you feel like um, um, that maybe we're not as critical as some other outlets or no?
1: I don't – see, I I don't know. I mean there there are – there's probably promotions that we maybe think – like – you're of the mill Dragon Gate show. But then again, like two weeks ago, we just kinda of put down like you know that we were kind of disappointed by that Dragon Gate show. So maybe that's not it. I'm trying to think, like in New Japan, maybe there's some times where you and I like, kind of because we're really invested in the company, we really enjoy a lot of stuff. We're we're literally invested because they give us money every month. So that, that's why, of the course, checks you know, just 100. keep rolling in. Right. Dude. I mean, thank you, Kadani. Oh. Thank you, buddy. This is great. I, I'm cashing one. I got it in my hand right now. I cannot wait to cash this bad boy uh payday tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, no. So, but, but like, that's when I think, cause we're a little bit more invested in the company and, and enjoy that. But no, by and large, I don't think so. I mean, I think a lot of times I get, I get flack for being too negative on ring of honor. We just got done like lauding the ring of honor show. We're usually, I'm the one talking shit about ring of honor and saying how much I dislike their pay-per-views. I think we, we do that almost all the time. Uh, WWE. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're kind of not the most positive about WWE a lot. W- so you know, I don't the know. I think
0: with WWE, I think, I think we, we, we put over the matches. I think with WWE, we're just not interested in it a lot of the time. So it kind of like, like we talked about before the show and we were sort of plotting out how we were going to plan the show and we're doing WWE last. Now, why do you think that is? Because we don't have the interest level in the, in that company right now. Uh, That we do in in some of these other topics. I mean, when's the last time we really got to sink our teeth into something ROH related? We were more excited to talk about it. But I just think in general, sometimes I feel like we review these shows and I'm thinking to myself, you know, on Twitter, they were ripping this thing to shreds and we're kind of just either in the middle on it or we kind of like it. Are we inherently more positive than your average wrestling fan? I, I I don't know. It was just something that popped up in my head. I feel like especially with the Ring of Honor show because I feel like most of the talk coming out of that was that it was an excellent bell-to-bell show, but people were all over the booking.
1: And we didn't. Yeah, this – I yeah, I really don't. I mean, like – and I'm usually that guy. Like, I'm not a guy that's that's really been in love with Ring of Honor booking over the past, god, three, four, five years. I mean, like, I get I get tons of flack for being negative, but I thought this was solid booking all around. Like, I didn't really – I didn't mind any of it, really. I mean, Cole Cabana and Dalton Castle winning that. That's one, the one where I said, eh, nah, I wouldn't have done that. That's about it, though. I, I think – by and large, and, and, and I think Ring of has been much better booking-wise over the last few months. And I think we, there was a, a – if you go back to listen to a show, there was a, a particular show we did where we said some things were changing in the company. And it feels like almost from that point on, it's been a much more solidly booked – more solidly, at least for, in my mind and, and what I like, more solidly booked company since there that point. There is no so,
0: question that from right around right. that point that the booking has
1: – Something has changed. Yes, right.
0: it has felt more focused. And we're not trying to be cryptic, but I agree with you. I do think the booking has been more focused. I'm not in love with everything they've done, but I mean there's certainly been more focus in this company and you at least have directions for certain people and you at least have decisions that make more sense. Whereas I would say six months ago, a year ago, I mean this company was just doing a ton of head-scratching things and it felt like it was a schizophrenic company in terms of direction. But you're right. And I'll tell you what they've been doing much better and we kind of alluded, to, you kind of alluded to it with Lethal beating Naito. They've been incorporating the New Japan dudes into the storylines much better than they were before.
1: Yeah, it's not all-star shows anymore. It's not, hey, look at the stars of New Japan coming into town. All right, bye. Like that, that, It's not that. Like, yeah,
0: people have legitimate things to do, and there's there's more focus on that end as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think the Ring of Honor booking has improved. But it was just something that I was thinking about as we were breaking down these shows. I don't know. Sometimes I
1: – Well, I think – one thing – yeah, no, I think you're you're probably not all the way wrong, but I think there's – <sighs> For us, it's always, and I think you mentioned it with the WWE thing. For us, it's it, it's passion. Like we are, we want to. When something's really bad and we really hate it, we'll talk a lot about it. If there's something that we really love and really enjoyed, we'll talk a lot about it. Bound for Glory. I, I kind of, you know, I I enjoyed it a little bit. And I thought that was something that was at least you know newsworthy enough for we to talk about it. But this Ring of Honor show. If this was kind of a dud show or a nothing show, we've done it. In the, we have not covered Ring of Honor pay-per-views. I've asked people, hey, should I watch this Ring of Honor pay-per-view? And they'll say no, and I go, okay, whatever. And, and I just flat out won't watch it because there's not enough time or whatever. The fact that we both watched it and we both wanted to talk about it and we put it above WB, above New Japan as well. Like There's King of Pro Wrestling, which is a huge show coming up this weekend, and we put it above that. I think that's always going to be our thing, and I think it comes across more in the audio too, that we are going to want it, whether we're passionate one way or another about it, you're gonna get the if we really hate something, you're really gonna know it. If we really love something, you're gonna know it. You know, if we want to just go on here and go, yeah, I hated this again. This like we would cover perusing Noah every single month or whatever. If we really wanted to just talk about something that we, you know, that I dislike, I would say, all right, here, let's talk about perusing Noah, which I dislike. You know, we don't do that though. We we just try to. I mean, Lucha Underground's a thing that both both of you and I have decided. Ah, eh, this isn't really our thing anymore. We could go on here every single week and bitch and moan about Lucha Underground, but why bother? Right. Like, I don't we've, care. We've, I just we can ignore it now. Right. And like NXT, I have not really liked the booking of NXT over the last year. And yeah, we could go on here every week and go, oh, this guy I was boring. That kind of sucked or whatever. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not I don't want to do that, really. That's not the show that I really want to do. I want to be passionate about something. I don't want to just come on here and moan about something and then, you know, not really have solutions or not have a big picture idea think, about it. I, I think mean, think I, th- yeah, we,
0: we have to do WWE. We have to do New Japan. I think New Japan's at a level where we have to do it um, for now. Anyway, those are two companies that we have to do on a week-by-week-in, week-out basis. But you made a good point with Lucha Underground. I also think Chikara. Remember, we used to do a lot of Chikara mm-hmm. in the early days. 2012 of 2013, we did a lot of Chikara. But then Chikara turned us off. We bitched and moaned and complained about Chikara for, what, two or three months straight, every show. We ripped Chikara <laughs> apart.
1: That's not a joke either. It was straight. But then it got
0: to a point where we were like, we're not going to talk about it anymore. We don't like it. We're not going to pay attention to it. We're not going to watch it. It's not a big enough deal where we have to cover it. So Chikara got hand-waved, just like Lucha Underground got hand-waved recently. So maybe you're on to something. Look look at Noah. When Noah was really good last year, we talked about it all the time.
1: Every week. Almost every week. Yeah.
0: You know, when Noah was on a roll and they were producing great shows um, all the way through December last year. But then as Noah tailed up, it's like it gets put on the back burner. I think you make a good point. Maybe we come off a little more positive than some other places because the shit that we're negative about, we don't waste time on, and we kind of put it aside. So I think you may have you yes. may have,
1: unless we're very negative about it. If we're really true. really passionate about it, we will yeah. do it. I mean, but I, I just don't. If we're not, if I'm kind of just eh, whatever, if I just kind of shrug, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do a show where for an hour we just shrug it about something, you know? Like, uh, it, it, and, and, and hey, we were negative about DDT, and everybody liked the DDT show, so you know that sometimes we. And just that was admit a big show we had. It's not our thing. It was A big
0: show. So it's like, yeah, exactly. But it's like, there was one point with Noah, we were doing every Korokin show, all -hmm. of them, because it was a hot company at the time in terms, well, in Ring anyway, it was a hot company. All right, so anyway, we got some previews here. We're going to do King of Pro Wrestling first. I get that's a good transition from Ring of Honor, too. Uh, So anyway, we got the King of Pro Wrestling. Now, what I'm disappointed about here, Rich, before we break down this show, they're not doing the Yoshitatsu. Bone Soldier match at King of Pro Wrestling. They're doing it on that um, – what is it? The Taiwan show? Is it Taiwan that they're doing? Is
1: it Singapore, Singapore or Taiwan? Or I forgot Taiwan. which one. one yeah, it's other. one of the two.
0: But uh, that's kind of annoying.
1: And yes, we're aware that they're different. We just don't remember what show it is. So just before somebody tweets at Didn't me this. did they
0: do the Taiwan shows already this year? And isn't it – why don't one of us just look it up? Are we okay.
1: This? How about I do that? I'll so do I'll,
0: that. I'll talk us through – <laughs> early portion of this king of wrestling show which according to the observer two weeks ago i didn't read the new japan section of the observer this week
1: oh, i think you might be right it looks like last october they did the taiwan show so that might be it might be an october thing oh, so i'll so find out for taiwan, sure though. again Damn it. load come on yeah 10 15 okay so that's uh, wrestling world 2016 in taiwan is going on the 15th of october so yeah and that's that is, got, that's that got
0: yoshi tatsu versus bone soldier correct
1: I think so, yeah. that's It's not on this site, but I, I, I thought yeah, I read that. So, so I'm
0: annoyed because now that show is not – as far as last week when I did the show, they're not airing that on New Japan World. Now that could change, but that was not listed. On, and, and the New Japan World show, not to be confused – or is it New Japan Road? There's another one too. Um, there's three – they're not doing a full tour for King of Pro Wrestling, but they're doing – the Taiwan show, the King of Pro Wrestling show, and I believe a New Japan, something they're calling New Japan Road. Let me pull that up.
1: Yeah, I got the schedule actually loading up here right now, so I can give it to you in a moment. So we have, uh, yeah, Road. It's called Work Hard. <laughs> it's going on uh, the 8th. Yeah, Saturday the 8th. So it does not That's look not like... That's not a New Japan world either. And, uh, no, it is. Oh, no, at a later date. It is a, it's not live, but it's an at-later really? date Really? They
0: very rarely
1: do. So that day. will show up, yeah.
0: That's interesting. When's the last time they did that? It looks
1: the later date delivery. Yeah, not often, especially for just a show that kind of doesn't really matter in the grand scheme. So of So they're things.
0: taping this New Japan Road Show and then just slapping it on New Japan World at a later date.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're doing that on Saturday, Sunday they have a press conference, and then of course Monday uh, is the King of Pro Wrestling show. So
0: now the New Japan Road Show it does have a never never open weight title match. That's got the it's got Finley Ricochet and Kojima. Defending against uh, Rapongi Weiss and Will Ospreay. That's the semi-main event. So there is a, uh, a meaningful match on that show. And that's going to be airing on delay. Now, what's interesting about that is I complained about that match last week. Because they've been teasing this breakup of Rapongi Weiss. And the last time Rapongi Weiss teamed with Will Ospreay, they lost a six-man match to a team that had Hanare on it. Why are they getting a title shot? Does that bother you as much as it bothers me?
1: Yeah, that's not great. That, New Japan's been kind of lax about that recently, of like people earning title shots, and and Kenny Omega alluded to that in his promo a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Other than like they are. You know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, no, I look, I, don't look know the what, never
0: but, open way to, Look, it's like the seventh title in the pecking order.
1: Yeah, but still, that's not hard to do. Just, just have a guy, have them win. You know, have them deserve it at some level, other than just get it to get it. Like you got to do that. You got to at least throw that. Like, you
0: could have given, you could have had them lose that match to the Hanare team to get to to progress this Rapongi vice story of having issues with each other, right? But then you could have had them win another match at some other point in time. I don't know. Because it's New Japan, it bothers me. If this were WWE, it wouldn't bother me at all.
1: You'd shrug it off. Yeah, you'd shrug it off, absolutely. But they're so good about making it matter. That when it doesn't matter. It's been frustrating. Yeah, it's been frustrating as of late because they've done it a lot. And it's like, come on. You guys are better than you. You know better. I know you know better.
0: Well, I guess we're not getting our check next month. um,
1: No, yeah, damn it. I'm going to catch this one as soon as possible.
0: But as far as that New Japan Roadshow, which we're apparently getting on delay, that's the only meaningful match on it. I'll tell you, the only other time I can recall a title match not airing uh, alive or at all was, remember that uh, um, when Kojima, I think it was, or was it Tenzan? It was Tenzan defending the NWA title against Kojima. Wasn't that the match earlier this year or, or something? (sighs) <sighs> and it ended up never airing, and it, it ended up airing on Samurai TV or something. And then you had to like,
1: yeah, who was that? That was I, Kojima for sure, right?
0: Kojima was in the match hundred percent.
1: Yeah, who was he against? Was it? It wasn't he Shibata, was Tenzan, right? Right. Was it Tenzan? Ten- okay, that, I think it was Tenzan. No, mm, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to look it up again. I, that's I the recall.
0: only other title match I can recall that they didn't air either live on New Japan World since they've had this service or in a very, very timely fashion. I mean, that this is very strange that there's a title match on the show and they're not airing it live. At any rate, we're spending a lot of time on this New Japan Roadshow for no reason. <laughs> the Taiwan, that's actually two days before King of Pro Wrestling. The Taiwan show is five days after on the 15th. That's the show that has the big singles match I'm looking forward to, Yoshitatsu Bone Soldier, Hopefully, we get to see it. Again, not scheduled for New Japan World yet, so very disappointed about that. As far as it goes for King of Pro Wrestling, let's break it down. Now, there's a lot of stuff early in the card that is of very little consequence. Uh, let's see. Well, the opener – see, there's a
1: are – you, Are you a little disappointed in this card that the undercard is kind of eh, – I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of on the front.
0: I like this card a lot, actually.
1: Because, I okay. Think there's, All right. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah.
0: Then. Well, I mean – well, let's look at it this way. Here's the way I look at this card. I'm very hyped for the main event because they had a really good match in the G1. I think the uh, semi-main event is strong. Omega and Goto. They obviously just had
1: yeah, it. I'm, big, I'm, big, I'm big kind of... Bull- 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 I, I, I'm not as into that one, but...
0: Shibata, I O'Reilly. I'm very excited about mm-hmm. that.
1: I th- maybe a lot of it's going to depend on what you think of that semi-main. I'm kind of eh, on it, and if you are uh, if, if you love it. it, then I think it changes yeah. everything. And I'm a you, big probably. Goto
0: guy. So, yeah, so I'm right. a big Goto guy. Now... Do I think this is a strong show from a drawing perspective? I'm a little shocked that it isn't – that they didn't load it up more. Um, now, we do have Noah versus New Japan um, on the undercard. But here's the thing. I was going to say uh, before I got derailed about New Japan Road. Two weeks ago, Dave was saying that the tickets were selling – that the tickets were very strong and that the only tickets remaining for this were cheap balcony seats and some very high-priced front-row seats. The front row seats are going to sell. The the balcony seats maybe not. So this thing's going to be close to a sellout or a sellout. Does that surprise you a little bit based on the card?
1: It does, yeah, because I looked at the card a little bit and I went, oh man, this thing is not doing well, but then we we sort of say that a lot of times, maybe they sense that, hey, this thing is doing well, so screw it, let's not, you know, let's not, you know, because I I think if it wasn't selling well, we would see a lot of different matches on this card. We'd see a lot, you know, uh, maybe the Ingobernabiles would be kind of broken up a little bit, maybe there'd be a a, a straight tag with one of those, or maybe a singles match or something like that. Yeah, if the tickets are well, I think that's why we're getting this type of card, but really, I I honestly do believe that, depending on what you think of that semi-main, I'm not a big fan of it, if you are like you are i think then you're into this entire card that's the only thing that drags it down a little bit for me because i do enjoy most of the other stuff i like the Noah in new japan we'll talk about that in a little bit of course briscoe's and Gorilla is a destiny i could take or leave but it really i think it depends I'll on the main event if you're into that story then then go for it but yeah i could see that being a big uh deterrent for some people
0: the only match announced for this show for the longest time was okada and marifuji Okay, so if this show does well, like it seems to be on pace to do, I think a lot of credit goes to those guys.
1: Yeah, so here, here's real quickly. Here's uh, what Dave wrote in The Observer uh, this week about it. It says, Kevin Kelly and Steve Korean are returned to Japan this week to announce King of Pro Wrestling in English. I had no idea about that, so <laughs> that's good to know that uh, they've been advertising that well. The advance was said to be good, but it was not sold out at press time for a show that airs live at 3 a.m. Eastern, Sunday night, Monday morning. So that's all we yeah, got. Yeah,
0: and the week before was when he said – all they all they were waiting on were the were some balcony seats and some front row seats. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: look, it's gonna do a good number. Now the, the-
1: for this, for this show, I think that's good. Like, I, Honestly, because this show does not scream that's like I mean. this is going to sell out to Sumo Hall. Like, Yeah, that, that doesn't. Like, When I looked at this, I went, oh boy, this is going to be one of those shows where maybe it's not going to sell that well. And then it will be okay as Okada a star. and oh, Now we can say that Mirafuji isn't a draw and stuff. But yeah, the fact that it, it is doing well does shock me because it's not a card that I would think people would be falling over themselves to go buy tickets you for.
0: You got – it was the only match announced for the longest time was the main event. And you do have Kenny Omega – In the semi-main event, and it is in Tokyo, okay? Other than that, there's not a ton here because O'Reilly's not a strong uh, opponent for Shibata, and that's the number three match on the show. The tag team match is a joke. It's two teams that aren't over, and there's nothing else there. Uh, Where is Tanahashi on this show? He's fourth from the top, which again follows the trend from the Destruction Tour where Tanahashi never worked higher than third from the top. They're really allowing these other guys to sink or swim without Tanahashi. And you know, I, I really think this this year is really about running tests like that with this company. It's it's really interesting the way that they've they've booked things and they've really uh, de-emphasized Tanahashi on a lot of these bigger shows. Marafuji drew well during the G1, and it appears that this Okada Marufuji match is going to draw well, essentially for the most part on its own here in Sumo Hall. So I think. If it does as well as Dave is alluding to, that it may, and Dave's been wrong before, so we're going to have to see. I think it's a big feather in the cap of both Okada and Marafuji, but we'll see. Uh, let's run down the card. The opener is Adam Cole, Bad Luck Folly, and Yujiro against Ishi, Osprey, and Yoshihashi. I think this can be a lot of fun, but you know, obviously, it's an opener; it's going to be kept short. Um, you know, it's got Willow Spray in it. It's got Ishii in it. It's got Yoshihashi in it. Those three guys are always going to work hard. So, um, you know, it, you know I, I don't have a ton of thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, it's hard to really get anything. It's going to be eight minutes. Ishii is going to headbutt some guys, and Osprey is going to do a flip or two. So, I mean, that, that's it. It's going to be fine. But yeah, there, there's no reason to really talk too much about it. It's going to be a quick opener.
0: Fish, so. Taguchi, Makabe, and Hanma versus Beretta, Jato, Romero, and Yano. The only thing to look for here is more tension between Beretta and Romero. Um, obviously, they've got the the six man title match two nights earlier. I expect. Oh, look, who knows who's going to win that? Because anyone could. Who knows with, with with that set of titles? But um, you know. But here's the thing: don't expect a breakup. If they're going to break those guys up, it's not going to be in this match because they're teaming together five days later on the uh, on that Taiwan show. So that kind of gives away that you're not going to get the breakup here. Uh, Go Shiozaki. Katsuhiko Nakajima, Masa Kittamiya, and Maybach versus Tenzan, Nakanishi, Kojima, and Nagata.
1: Amen. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. So here's
0: your Noah New Japan. The only... Those
1: are the dads. All in the dream Japan dads, too. That's the It best. is. The
0: only thing with this is this doesn't have Shibata because he's defending his Never title. Other than that, I mean, this should be heated. And uh, if Sumo Hall responds to it, which they did last time, um, you know, it, 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 it should have... Uh, a lot of heat as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to this.
1: Kitsamia get the win. I want Kitsamia to pin one of the dads and kick off his. Well, you ride, know what? Ride. He
0: didn't have his title match yet, right? So right. that's not entirely out of the question that he would
1: <sighs> I got my fingers crossed here. I don't care who it is. It could be any of those guys, but just a, a big Kitsamia win. Could do so much. Well, they're one and one.
0: Noah won at, uh, on the G1 show. New Japan won on the Lionsgate show. This will be the third eight-man tag between the two promotions. And then we get right into the meat of the card. I mean, really, you know, I thought there was a lot of filler here, but there really isn't. It's really just those- Yeah, that's
1: that's one of the benefits of the show I thought uh, is that you have your tags and then, you know, as I'm kind of writing it down, I'm going, "Oh, there's a lot of tags, a lot of tags." And then I was done with that one, the New Japan Noah one, and I went, "Oh, that's it. Okay, everything else is pretty much yeah, really, business." really the New, the New you know, Japan
0: you, Noah match is a heated match. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty
1: really- cool. Yeah, and you get your eight-man that that's but it's got Ingobernables and that's always fun worth something. So, yeah, pretty much from this point on, it's pretty okay. I mean, and again, depending on your Omega Goto thoughts, it's very good if you From like those. From the New so. Japan-Noah
0: match on, it's all meaningful matches. You really only <laughs> have two sure. matches that are throwaway. Okay, so next we got the junior titles. The Bucks are defending against Finley and Ricochet. Um, look, I, this is a big spot for Finley because this will be his biggest match to date. Look, I know he's a champion, okay, and he's got those six-man belts, but this is a tag team spot for the tag team titles, so that that's – my focus here is going to be how finley does in this match
1: yeah that's what i'm going to be looking for as well and and yeah it's a huge moment because he can if he really you know wants to and if New Japan wants it he can just kind of slide in there and take Seidel's spot cuz i don't know that Seidel is going to be back in that so. i think i
0: yeah,
1: i think so too i think maybe you know maybe you can solidify a little bit more where they go okay yeah this is co- we're confident enough that you can do this uh, in the long term, I think that would be an important I think just him going out there and having an important big time. Matt, it just adds another guy into the mix of, you know, the New Japan upper roster or whatever, because, you know, he's a guy that, that you know, it just kind of been floating around doing whatever. Now, yeah, it, it'll be pretty cool to see if he can kind of really step that up and, and really become just a, a, a solid part of the roster. All right, you know? I'm
0: thinking I, th- I think I might be overthinking, but I'm thinking How about this. How about this scenario? Hear me out. Hear okay. me out. Rapongi Vice and Osprey win the six-man titles on the 8th. Okay? Got. Okay. That also wraps up the Rapongi Vice storyline because now they're happy cuz they have titles and they're champions. They hug it out. So no more Romero and Barretta tension. And they've got the six-man belts with Osprey. That frees up Finlay and Ricochet to then beat the Bucks. For the junior titles, right? Now, he- now hear okay. me out. I'm all not right. done. Right. I'm not all done. Right. Because we all know the Bucs and the Briscoes are probably losing here because they can't come back for Tag League. So doesn't that whole chain of events kind of make sense? You take the titles off of Finley and Ricochet, you put them on Rapongi Vice, they hug it out and make up, and then Finley and Ricochet beat the Bucks, which allows okay. Finley and Ricochet to work Tag League because there's rumors junior teams will be in that this year. And that way the Bucks can just do what they got to do in Ring of Honor for December. What do you think of all that?
1: I like that. I mean, I like the visual and I like the optics of the Bucks kind of having all those titles for a while. But, I mean, that's a big thing. And, and, and I, I know Dave mentioned it in The Observer, too. Like, you know, this year with the World Tag League and, and, and Ring of Honor Final Battle, that's going to be an interesting thing. I mean, they, they, they're, they're kind of neck and neck with one another. So, like, you're going to have this issue where, yes, yeah, some guys are not going to be able to be on one show and, and, and some might not be on the other. So, yeah, I mean – it. Makes sense. So- I mean, would I really care if the tag titles don't get defended during tag? Not really, but I, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago when, when we were discussing this, the, this exact scenario. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. I, Listen, I, um, I don't care that the champions won't be around for tag. Yeah, it doesn't bother but me the company- but It does bother them. Yeah, it bothers them. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably your, it's your only solution, really. It's the only time, really, to do it, right? Go, you have power struggle would be the one. Uh, you can wait till power struggle and have it be something. Then we, you know you really that's another to, thing. But. We
0: always forget about power struggle. Yeah,
1: sorry. This is a, this is like a three-year thing that we've forgotten. Power we struggle. We constantly so forget we think it. like we think like King of Pro Wrestling happens, then World Tag League, and then Kingdom, and then we're just nothing's in between. We so. always
0: jump from King of Pro Wrestling to Wrestle Kingdom. We always forget the power struggles, a thing. So that's a segue into the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Still not heavyweight, by the way. Uh, Briscoe's against Gorilla of Destiny. I think, unfortunately, we all think Gorillas of Destiny are winning this. But again, isn't it possible that the Briscoes could just lose to somebody else a Power Struggle?
1: Yeah. I think we, we have to at least keep that in mind. I, I really hope they don't lose it. <laughs> I so really that's hope. A- I mean, I'm rooting for anybody. I'm rooting for any other option. Like, literally any the other three people and on the Whatever. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, I I would take hell, I would take the bone collector, whatever the hell his damn name is, <laughs> teaming up with Tatsu again and winning the title. I you know, I, I don't care. Like any literally any combination of two other people, and I'd be fine with it versus the girls of Destiny. You know,
0: we all hate girls of Destiny so much that we all might have worked ourselves into a shoot and they might just lose here. This might just be a placeholder title defense.
1: We're so worried. We're so worried. And yeah, it could just be uh, let's beat them one more time and really send them off and then we're done. Yeah, it could just be,
0: you know, we've we've got the Briscoe's books. We don't want to beat them yet. So let's give them this filler title defense against these two geeks and then they'll lose to Team X at Power Struggle if we really insist, uh, you know, upon not having the titles in World Tag League. So we'll see. Uh, we've got the requisite Los Nobles Japan versus New Japan Army eight man tag, Bushi, Evil, Sonata, and Naito, of course, against Tanahashi, Kushida, Elgin, and Jay Lethal.
1: Yes, I didn't even I didn't even realize much, <laughs> that they mentioned it on the Ring of Honor paper. You know what? Oh yeah. Much to uh-huh. the
0: confusion of the Japanese fans who do not get Ring of Honor TV, to my knowledge, and would have no idea that Jay Lethal uh, was left behind by Naito and Evil.
1: Yeah, last they know, he was on that team, right? Yes. So Hanging out with Truth Martini and chilling with the Gober Yeah, that's, uh, that's a interesting. A little
0: continuity issue there. Uh, the New Japan fans, how would they know if it doesn't air there? I mean, it was a television angle on Ring of Honor television. Never open weight Shibata versus O'Reilly.
1: I mean, oh, man, I can't wait. Dude, I hope they just give them like 25 minutes and they just kick, they just destroy one another. I, I, yeah, I, this I, I'm looking forward. To, I, I I love that main event. And I'm really looking forward to that main event. But man, I, I, this is this is my number one match on the entire. Here's card. a
0: problem with this show though. With the top three matches, the winners are. There's
1: no question. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt. It's, of any It's three. Yeah. so
0: that hurts the show a little. But here's the thing. I'm so into all three matches. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for me because I think all three matches are going to be excellent. So if you're into the matches from that perspective, but you're not going to see. I don't think you're going to see. Uh, any of the three challengers win any of these three matches. Omega defending the case against Goto. I'm more into this than you. I think I just, I'm a bigger Goto guy than you are.
1: Yeah, I think the match is going to be great because I, lo- I I love their previous match. I'm just not into the story all that much uh, of Goto getting another chance. I don't know why he gets another chance. I don't know why he gets a chance in the first. So, you know, that, that kind of hurts it a little bit. But I have no doubt that the match is going to kick ass. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's sort of a – I'm kind of on the fence in that respect where, like, the story I'm not invested in. I'm not into the story, but I, I understand that. When I sit down and when I watch this, I'm going to enjoy it regardless. Much like so. that
0: never open way title challenge, this is more sloppy booking. Why is Goto getting this this shot at the case? Because he cha- – just because he said so? Because he, he decided yeah. to challenge for it?
1: Because he happened to be at ringside I mean, after you know, a match. Like, that's it. a,
0: you know At least give me some logic. And then Okada Marafuji, of course, this one does have logic. Marafuji got the big win in what was a great, great match at the G1 – and uh, now he'll get his title. Doesn't that seem
1: like a year ago? It seems that so long
0: ago. Because remember, it was like... I mean, that was what?
1: July 31st that, or something? Or July yeah, 24th? It or something. It was I mean, yeah, and like, it, it honestly feels like nine months ago. Like, I, I don't remember a thing from late July. Like, you know, like, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that was like, it's one of those things at the end of the year, I'm going to go back and watch all those G1 matches that kind of tag that w- when I do my match of the year. Kind of, and I'm going to re-love them all again because now there's so much happened. And, and like the, the wrestling world, has just been so much news filtering through it or whatever that like late July feels so long ago. That, and this this was the talk of the world for like five days. And then, you know, another crazy, insane 2016 thing happened and we all forgot about it already. So and uh, the
0: dark match, Tiger Mask against Red Mask. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. I mean, jeez. You know, when they first announced that, I thought.
1: I hope. It, I wish it airs. I hope it does air.
0: No, I do. No, for sure, and I think it will.
1: Oh, it's gonna. Yeah. Okay. They oh, usually do.
0: I mean, you know, they'll air it, and then go back to the show. Start soon. Screen. You know what I mean? Like, so a lot of times.
1: Oh, that's right. They do that for the Wrestle Kingdom. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I the lights will be all up. There'll be like 10 people in to stand. Right. Okay. So I yes.
0: think, you know, based on the past, they, they will air that. I hope they do. I was thinking maybe that's where they were going with Rocky Romero. I thought maybe he would split from Rapongi Vice and take on this new character, but that's obviously not the case. Um, I don't know what that is or what's going on. I don't know if it's going to be – and no one seems to know. I don't know if it's legitimately a new character that they're introducing or if it's just going to be like a gimmicky thing to sort of promote the cartoon, like a one-off.
1: Where the the current Tiger Mask comes out, beats him, and kind of waves to the crowd. Yeah, okay, go watch the show right now. Yeah, yeah.
0: or if it's legitimately adding a new junior to the mix.
1: (laughs) Which would be awesome. I would definitely do that. Other than just you know dusting off the old Tiger Mask, I would I would prefer that new Tiger Mask for sure. But
0: what makes me skeptical is it's a dark match,
1: Mm -hmm. so
0: that makes me think it's kind of just like um, you know where it's just it's it's like the old days where they would bring out Killer Rabbit or uh, even going back before that they had like a bear that guys would wrestle on dark man just really bizarre stuff that we don't understand because we're not in the culture. But um, so I I have.
1: I, I think I'd understand a, a match versus a bear. Did
0: years ago, it was like, a, um, I, w- I would say maybe
1: 2000... I feel like Tama and a bear could have a pretty solid match, right? Maybe
0: 2007 ish or 2006 ish. I could swear, and I might be imagining all this. Maybe people can help me out. <laughs> I could swear on the dark matches on these New Japan shows, they would have like a guy in a bear costume. It was really bizarre. I, I
1: oh, it wasn't an. I want an actual bear. I want Tama versus an actual. I want an
0: actual bear. It was like a man in a bear oh. costume. OK, Well, that's no fun. so, yeah, it wasn't like a like a grizzly bear, like pulling someone to death. I mean, that's not what happened to like Blue Wolf wasn't murdered by a bear. And that's why we <laughs> haven't seen him like super strong machine or whoever, you know, like like that's not what happened. It was a man in a suit. Um, but no. but yeah, so I don't know what it's going to be. Hopefully it's a new wrestler, though. I think I would enjoy that more. I think this is going to be a sneaky good show. I see two matches here on paper that that. Probably won't be good. The Briscoes Gorillas the Destiny, and that eight, that second eight man tag, the one with uh, Rapongi Vice and Jado and and Taguchi and all those dudes. Uh, Bobby Fish being the fish out of war. I didn't even mean to say that. Hell, um, that wasn't even an <laughs> intentional bad joke that time. But that match doesn't look good. The Briscoe. Bro- now I tell you, I will say this about Tangaloa. He's been slightly less offensive lately. He hasn't been aggressively bad. He's kind of just been there. So there is kind of hope with that. But look, do I think that – would I bet that that's going to be a good match? No. I I can't. As hard as the Briscoe brothers want to work, I don't see it. But I I think otherwise, everything else on paper looks like it could be really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and just a note uh, for people that are interested in the new Tiger Mask anime, we do actually have a review. Yes, we are a site that reviews <laughs> Tiger Mask anime. Uh, Kelly Hurst uh, did it for our website, so definitely go check it out. Uh, just look up Tiger Mask on voiceofrestling.com and you should be able to find it uh, pretty easily. And we got a link to actually be able to watch the show, too, if you want to kind of follow along. And I believe he's going to try to review every episode as it comes out. So pretty cool. It seems fun. Uh, it has, like, all the new, all your favorite stars of New Japan are in it, too. So, that you know, hey, that's your thing? Eh? It's the worst animes to watch, right? Joe, I know you're a big anime guy. So. Oh, I
0: can't get enough anime, Rich.
1: <laughs> what have you been? Uh, what have you been watching lately? Um,
0: I, listen, my my answer for this is always the same because it's the only one that I'm.
1: It's going to be Dragon Ball. Uh, Z,
0: Sailor Moon.
1: Right. Right. Oh, Sailor Moon. It's okay, you're a big fan. Huge of...
0: fan. Oh my okay. god, can't get enough Sailor Moon. Let me tell you, that's
1: that's kind of creepy that that was the only one. The only one, you one you I've knew,
0: ever heard but... of. I don't know what it is. I couldn't tell you the premise, but I know that 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 is an anime, correct?
1: It is, yep.
0: There you go. Sailor Moon is my answer. Cool. Is that like...
1: No oh, Samurai Shampoo. There, there's some good wrestler animes. I think you should dig uh, in there if uh, you want. But I feel like the animated, Japanese animated cartoons is not Rich, your... I'm not uh, watching
0: cartoons in English. I'm certainly not going to watch I
1: was going to say, I don't think... Did you even watch cartoons as a kid? I feel like you were a grumpy kid. You probably didn't even watch like... You watch like I, what would you have watched as a as a young lad? I enjoyed the. Uh, I was gonna say Cheers, but I think that you you were a little too old to be a young lad watching Cheers. Cheers, for but
0: Cheers wasn't a great. You mean like the sitcom?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like I a like tremendous I show. Good. It's one of
0: my favorite shows of all time.
1: I liked it a lot when I was like five. I don't know why I liked. It. I think the song always hooked me, but I always liked Cheers. I always liked my parents watched Cheers. I was like, hey, okay, sweet. Yeah, Cheers. I didn't get the sexual tension that was going on, but I enjoyed it regardless. So. Sam
0: and Diane, you didn't – you didn't.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't know at the time. Now, now I appreciate well, actually, it a little bit you more. you were like, probably yeah.
0: Sam and Rebecca because you're a little younger. You, you were probably more about Sam and Rebecca. Um,
1: Which one was Rebecca? Rebecca was the we dark-haired
0: were. one, the one that came – because Shelley Long left the show.
1: She, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was definitely Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Christy absolutely L. Rebecca. Yeah, Christy, Christy Alley. Christy Alley. yeah of yeah. course.
0: Yeah. So you were Sam and Rebecca era cheers. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you should go back and watch the Shelley Long episodes, though. Those, okay. you know, the, those are very good. It Cheers is a great show, but that's not a cartoon.
1: Whoa, 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 what was your childhood show? Yeah, what was your childhood like? Because like? no. you, did, I, I don't, you don't strike me as a man who watched cartoons at any point. I was a well.
0: cartoon guy when I was a kid. Uh, there were some cartoons I enjoyed when I would come home from school. First of all, it was all about the AWA wrestling on ESPN. <laughs>
1: that's, that's what I mean. I feel like you just, just watched AWA like-
0: wrestling, and later they had the <laughs> World Class. Uh, with hosted by Mark Lorenz on the ESPN. And then later, like when I was in high school, it was global. They had the global on ESPN.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. You watch a little Sean Waltman, little youngin Sean Waltman on uh, there. Like yeah. the
0: kid, you know, you run home from the bus stop, man, and watch some global. Uh, but, but they did the, the cartoons when I was uh, maybe about 10 years old, the big cartoons for me were G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. And then transformers. Okay. Those were the two back to back. When you'd come home from school, you get the G.I. Joe, you get the transformers. And in those days, they had the uh, the gem for the girls. The girls would watch gem. Do you, are you familiar with the gem, Rich?
1: I've heard of gem. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen any, but yeah, I'm familiar with yeah, it.
0: she yeah. was like, uh, you know, she was a she was a, a crime fighter in a band, you know, and she'd have the you know, it was for that was a girls' show though. But I'm not going to lie to you. It came on in the mornings at like 7 a.m. when I was getting ready for school. I watched a few episodes of Jem. I'm not going to lie to you, it wasn't. That bad.
1: It had good music too. Wasn't it? the music a big part of it too? Because she, she was like a. a she was a, in the band. She, she was a band. She was a band. It was a band. Yeah, it was a whole little band. It was like a Josie and the Pussycats thing, right? And the
0: evil band was the Misfits. That was the, those were the Ooh. heels. The heels were were the Misfits. <laughs> it was it was Gem and the Holograms, and it was the Misfits. And the Misfits were like they wore black. And they had like black eyeliner, and their sh- and their clothes were torn, you know, because they were they were the heels, you know. So it was gem.
1: They came out with a gem in the Holograms movie. Yeah, like, last like,
0: year. We talked about this. Me and the Falcon talked about this on Lanza Unfiltered. I didn't. I was not aware it existed either. He told me all about it. I I heard it was horrendous. I uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's got like three oh. percent or something.
1: It grows two point three million and costs five. So yeah, that, that's that's yeah, not terrible, great.
0: Yeah, terrible, terrible. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but GI Joe and Transformers were the big cartoons when okay. I was a kid. Yeah. Now uh, you know, I you were more of a '90s kid with the Nickelodeon cartoons, right?
1: Yeah, you know my Dugs, my you know Rose Modern Lives, Rugrats. Yeah. I, I I liked a lot of Inspector Gadget too. I, I kind of grew up on Inspector Gadget, and then I also got like the Power Rangers and you know VR Troopers and all that sort of stuff too. A little bit of live action. Uh, goodies when I was coming home from school too so unfortunately I didn't have global wrestling to watch when I got home so
0: no ESPN Damn. was done with wrestling by the time
1: Nah, uh, yeah I was also one of the, like, again, like, I was a weird kid. Like, I hated Disney, and I would have preferred to just watch, like, a college basketball game on TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that I was always that way, too. Like, I loved, like, just watching ESPN. Like, I was, like, five years old, and, like, kids would watch, you know, Lion King for the 37th time on VHS. And I would just want my dad to put, like, a football game on. And like, he was probably like, all right, sweet. Like, this works for me. Right. ripping me for so. not being a
0: cartoon guy, and you're watching college basketball instead of cartoons when you're kid.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, hey, you know. I vividly remember a lot of Tim Duncan Wake Forest games. He was my man as a, as a youngin so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I didn't like Disney. I liked my cartoons, but I hated anything Disney. I was never I was into stupid.
0: Disney either. Never a Disney guy.
1: My, my mom, she'll always tell this story. She took me to, like, because we had a local theater right down the block from me, and it was like, you know, a super old school theater. It's really cool, too. If people look it up the Tivoli Theater on Downers Grove, it's like a super old looking theater, really ornate, really beautiful. So they always had matinees, and the matinees were always Disney movies. So she would take me there all the time, and I'd always cry and want to leave and do all this other stuff. So she just stopped. She used to get it for free because I would cry within, like, you know, 20 minutes, and she'd go, okay, you know, can I get my money back? Because this kid's an asshole and doesn't want to watch a movie or whatever. So then it's fine, whatever. And then, like, one time my dad wanted to go watch Terminator 2, and he was like, I'm going to bring rich. Am I, am my mom's like, he, he he cries during like Disney. He cries during you know, Cinderella and all that. He's not going to want to watch Terminator 2 or whatever. So she sits home and goes,